Welcome to the Potescue Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rigo. What's up, man? If I were a rich man, <laughs> I wouldn't be <laughs> fucking doing this shit. <laughs> Uh, Actually, maybe. I would be doing this shit like every day. That's yeah, the real. Dude, I, you know what? It's funny. I had that same conversation with somebody just the other day. No joke. They were like, I, I forget how it came up, but I was like, I, I think if I hit the lottery, I would not just stop working. And they're like, you'd still work for the bank? And I'm like, I don't know if I would do that, but I would still be doing things. Like, I don't right. think I could be that guy to just, I might take some time right yeah. after just to, but eventually I would get to a point of like, Doing stuff, you know, right. like, and you're right. I would probably be, even if it wasn't Potterskew, I'm not saying I would do away with this show, but I would probably add like three because I'd have all the time in the world. But to if do you were it. a rich man, you would hire other people to do it. Like, you'd be I like don't, all right, I, I'm there I, to fucking record, but that's it. I don't know, man. I'm such a control freak. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> you said it, not me. We, I we, agree, but you said it, not me. We, we've kicked around the idea of you editing the show, and at this point, I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, that that said, <laughs> yes, we're not. Neither of us are rich men right now, and and uh, we're we're going to be doing some musical talk, uh, continuing that, but in a different way than from the last episode. So that'll be fun. But spawning off the last episode, I want to talk about something. I actually sat. I fucking binged. Now there was only one season, but I binged that high fidelity uh, series on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, man, I wish we were getting more. Like, I... Uh, I it's one of those it. shows. I, I got it. I was like, like, look, I will tell you this right now. There are moments, especially in the pilot or first episode, whatever you want to call it, because I don't think streamers actually have pilots. I think it's just what it is. But regardless, mm-hmm. it... I mean, I could practically say the lines before they were being said, especially Ah. in the pilot, because they were and and a lot of them throughout the series are ripped directly from the movie book, whatever you want to say, because some of the lines in the in your movie are ripped from the book, too. So, I mean, yeah, the source material. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, but the flip on Rob being a woman uh, was it worked. It is Robin. We speculated if it was Robin, it is Robin. Um, but mm-hmm. she very rarely like Robin's that thing. Like when her she has a brother, which I don't believe Rob Gordon has, but um, is so like her brother and her get into an argument once, and he's like Robin. Like so, that's only when the full name really comes out is like when it's like intense. Otherwise, yeah, you know. Um, the two characters that are in the shop, whether it's not the same names at all, but uh, they fit, they work. Um, the Jack Black character, and I'm sorry I don't have the names because I don't have the cast in front of me, but the it's a African-American actor, so they, they, they didn't just gen- they gender and race flip that character, mm-hmm. but she's still very much that vibe, but also very different. You know. Is it still set in Chicago? No, it's set in New York, which is also uh. kind of cool. Yeah, it's a, they've done enough twisting with it and still kept the essence of it that it it plays. And I would sure. have liked, I would have liked to have gotten more out of it. I really would have. It's and it's already been canceled, so I know it's not going to happen. But you know, yeah. I mean, there's been shows that have come back from the yeah. dead. Family yeah, yeah, Guy yeah. got canceled like two or three times, and then yeah. you know. Um. Actually, I just read today, Criminal Minds is coming back. 
So I'm very excited about that as well, which is not musical based, but it's a show I've always been a fan of. So sure. Uh, very quickly, just about that, because I just write about it this afternoon. Uh, usually they would solve a case per show, per episode, mm -hmm. maybe two. Every once in a while I would like cross into a second episode, but that was about it. Apparently this one's going to be one case the entire season. It's going to take them the entire season to like wrap up the one the one case so be curious to that see. sounds like it's going to be a finale season that sounds like it's going to be like this is I, the heavy hitter ending they're launching it like they're launching it like a reboot but it's going right to paramount plus it's not coming to any of the networks it's going to paramount plus so it's going to be a streamer now i don't know what i don't know if they're dumping all the episodes in one swing or if they're doing that weekly release thing i don't know uh i started speaking of paramount plus i i started uh the offer finally yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of bored. You're not feeling which it. Is, I, I'm trying because I love The Godfather. Yeah. I love the book. Yeah. I love the movie. And I know a lot of the background and the history. But it's like there's just some some of the casting is like spot on. Mm. And some of the history is like not at all accurate. And I, it's just, it, it uh, man, it could have really been good. And maybe I just need to force myself and it will finally get good. But. I don't know. It's a real struggle. The first two episodes, like it feels, <laughs> it feels substantially longer than what an hour show episode kind of. I, is. I, I mean, yeah, honestly, I, it's... I hate when that happens. And honestly, I, I, what, I, what I would recommend to you, Rico, and I know you're not the biggest Hulu fan, but I would, I would say, if you need a palate cleanse, check out the High Fidelity because I know you're a huge fan of the see the the movie as well, and mm -hmm. I would like to see hear your thoughts on what they did with the show because I fucking at first I wasn't in I'm not gonna lie like it took like the epi first episode in like half the second and it wasn't mm -hmm. like this this mind-altering like big moment but it was like okay I'm mm -hmm. I'm feeling this now it just it just grew it wasn't like that moment that's like okay I'm hooked but it was just like okay I'm I'm digging this and then uh, by the end of the like third, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna stop." And next thing I knew, I was like through the season, the, the series. So you know, I, I'm definitely curious to watch it. I have other shit that I have to do first because I finally started the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Okay, okay, yeah, and I'm I'm enjoying it. It's, it's really it's good. I agree. <laughs> it's definitely one of the funniest games I've ever played. But like, I've now started like four or five games. So I'm like alternating on depending on my mood. Yeah. So like, I'm like, all right, I'm in a Far Cry. I'm in a Far Cry three. Have you played the Far Cry Three? Like the the it's like the eighties. Oh, Blood Dragon! Like Blood Dragon, dude. That I, is I, that I, is one of the funniest games. I played the demo. I'm not a big first person shooter, but I probably should give another try. I played the demo and I was all right, but yeah, dude, just play it and just listen and and watch how it is because Michael Bean, fucking Kyle Reese from yeah, Terminator, yeah, 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 is basically playing every character he's ever played in like the 80s sci-fi yeah. movies i like i said i played the demo i remember yeah it's pretty good um but yeah i would love to i would love to hear your thoughts on on the high fidelity series and they're only sure. 20 because there's i mean there are commercials good to tulu unless you guys have right. the non-commercial one but no. even with it's 25 minutes per like they're they're quick they're not an Is hour it only on hulu wasn't it on prime as well uh i it's a Hulu original, so maybe uh, it's on Prime, uh, but it it because sometimes there's crossover like that, so maybe. But it's a Hulu original, so I watched it there. But 
Um, even then on Prime, sometimes there's if especially if it's like a crossover like that. Even if you have Prime, you're still going to get the commercials. So that's just, right. you know. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on it because it, it it was intriguing. So. Um, All right. Well, we're here continuing on this musical theme, and this is the one that I think. I, uh, me personally, I was looking forward to the most. Not that I didn't enjoy the previous two sure. episodes, because this is sort of where my mindset was when I kind of pitched the idea of like, let's do <laughs> yeah. movie musicals. Yes, it was. And that was going to just be like one episode, and then we got to like fell into the steam thing. Um, so the movies we're going to be talking about in no particular order, uh, Rent, because that one I believe was requested, right? Uh, I believe two. Uh, there were several that were requested. We only we only ventured into two of them, but these these were the two that I was gonna die on the hill for. Like if we were doing this topic, we weren't right. doing this without these two. But yes, Rent was one of those for sure. Rent Rent was one of them. Rock of Ages. Yeah. Uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demon of Barbara of Fleet Street. Which, for the record, for the rest of the conversation, is just going to be Sweeney or Sweeney Todd. We are not I, doing that I, full I time. I agree. I one hundred. But it, as long as we're introducing the <laughs> no, titles, we're I, doing the titles. I, I get it. I, for the audience, because there's no right. way you're getting that out out of my mouth every fucking time. Right. So. Uh, Chicago. Chicago. Uh, Chicago. And then uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Which yep. was one that that honestly that was that your really die kind of started the whole yeah that started the whole thing because I saw it and I've been like wanting to rewatch it again because I really like that movie and so then it's like which that which by the way mm. uh, no this is the second time I've seen Fiddler in my lifetime in forty two years it's the second time I've seen it and the first time I saw it I want to say it was like nineteen eighty eight so I was about eight or nine years old depending on. And the reason I saw it is we did. My mom would do this every once in a while. My dad was back from Texas because remember I told you he lived out of state sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we did a movie day, and it was pajama day. Like I was not allowed to get like it was one of those you stay in your pajamas all day. They brought my mattress down from upstairs, put it into our like rec room where our VCR was. We laid in bed and ate popcorn, junk food, and watched movies. But we each got to pick a movie. Now, I picked the Jetsons movie because I was eight. And I actually loved... I still, to this day, love that movie. And then I forget what my dad picked, or or if he even picked, because he was kind of like that, to just be like, whatever you want, I don't care, that kind of person. And my mom picked Fiddler. And I remember... interesting for a Catholic, but okay. Well, I'm, it's interesting for a fucking atheist. I mean, that, we'll that. I, I, I was, yeah, because I, I mean, I know that there's a little bit of Judaism in your background, but shit, you know, by association, I have, I have, I have my reasons, but what yeah. did you think when you were eight? Oh, I was bored to fucking tears. I, I mean, fucking knew it, but without, de- without giving me a long explanation, did you at least like it this venture at 42? More, more than more than I did it at eight. Yeah, I mean, okay, good. I, I I don't think it's going to be in my regular rotation for for sure. You know, like some of these other movies, um, especially the ones I I, I campaigned for. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'll pull off the shelf every so often and throw in and watch. You know, and I think okay. I can safely say I will probably add Chicago and Sweeney Todd to that. You know, that mix. Sure. 
Um, I bought Sweeney. I rented no Chicago. I watched for free, so I I don't own. Yeah, so I don't own Chicago right now. Um, but I would watch it again. Like if it was on, I wouldn't be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like. Right. And I'm not saying I would do that with Fiddler, but I think Fiddler's one of those movies. At this point, you have to actively seek out to see. It's very rarely just going to be on. You know what I yeah, mean? Periodically, so, what like it was on Netflix, so like periodically it will like go sure. around the streaming platforms. Sure. But like also Fiddler, it's a commitment. It's a three hour movie. Which it is, it, it which is a 19, real fucking commitment. Which for 1971 is long. Like that's long for 1971. You know, I don't think I don't think it's as long for that time as you think. There were a lot of long movies. They just had like intermissions. Like well, this did too. Shit. That's what I'm saying. I think it was pretty because back in the 70s and even the 60s movies were really like a huge deal. Like that was where like the family goes together to go out to the movies and sometimes it would just take the whole fucking day. But there's, a, I mean, is it like, like 10 a, commandments? Your, your movie that you like, isn't that a long ass movie? Well, that is. And that's even long. I mean, for, for 1956, yeah, that's way long. It's like, it's almost, saying? it's almost four hours. So like right. it's, yeah, it, no, it is long. And, and, and for the record now, after having maybe, Ask me to what you have to now watch. I, I'll you, fucking watch it. I you promise. don't. You don't have a choice now. I don't have a choice. Um, you, you just look. What we should do is just do like an episode of biblical movies, and then be like, "There, now, there's your fucking assignment, bitch." There you go. Yeah. Um. We'll save that for next Easter. Uh. In any event. Uh, um. No, but I didn't hate it. I I definitely didn't hate it, and honestly, was really uh, uh, intrigued by. It pieces of it for sure like um especially some of the songs that came out of it that i don't think i ever realized came from fiddler but i knew what they were you like know what like matchmakers like, match, yep matchmakers one of them um if i were a rich man i didn't know it was fiddler like i don't i'm, I'm sure oh, that's, that's like well the known facto one i and i and i and i get that you know but i you know tradition another one i've you know I've seen Sunrise, Sunset is another one. Yep. Um, so yeah. what, what I'm just out of curiosity, what songs did you think were from Fiddler? I didn't really like, ha- I didn't I didn't really know and like okay. I didn't there was none that I was like, oh that's a Fiddler. No, no, no. There wasn't like that. But I yeah. I'm just saying these ones that were here, like I didn't realize all these were concentrated into one. Like this mm-hmm. ha- I expected them to be like coming from various locations, not this one piece. You know. Right. So, um, well, we're on the sort of the fiddler. Do you want to do our ranking and then go back to fiddler and continue that and get sure. that out of the way? Uh, sure. Uh, why don't you go first? Cause I'm still kind of deciding on something. So, right. Uh, fiddler. Yeah. Sweeney. I, I figured fiddler was one. Yeah. Uh, Chicago rent and rock of ages. Oh, you, you pain me. So ah, well, I'm sorry. After you were praising Fiddler, I feel bad, but like I gotta be honest. So, oh, praise is a strong word, and I'm not saying that to be a jerk. I'm saying it because I can tell you right now it's fifth on my list, but that doesn't okay, you know. But it and and defending your list as well as my stance, as we always say, just because we put something last on the list doesn't always mean that we disliked it. There have been times where we've put stuff on last of each other's list, and we're like, no, we just didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like I, it. I, like... I, I didn't like Rock of Ages. Well, I tried. Okay. I, and I really tried to like look at it in, in your point of view. And I and I understand why you like it. But 
look, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Um, um but in the, like in the answers to this, well, for me, is mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it. I just like the other four much More. better. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, but to say I disliked it compared to some other things that we've had to do for sure. the show, it would be unfair. Uh, so for for me, I I really wanted to move rent to one. Mm-hmm. And it, when I was watching it, I was like, I think it's gonna get up, moved up, because. But then when I watched Rock, uh, yeah. I, I just can't I can't I can't pull that out of the top spot that that well I just yeah uh so so rock I think I th- I also will say before I finish my ranking I think you and I view musicals very very differently and I think that might uh uh contribute to why your dislike of rock more than mine but we'll get there so mm-hmm. uh rock of ages rent Believe it or not, Chicago. I actually, I it, it's it, it's a weird movie. Or I and I got lost a few times, but I, I mean, I I figured it out. Like I'm not still lost, but like, cause there's okay. a and then for me, it's almost like three A, three B for Sweeney in Chicago. They're like almost on par. Like it's not really a three four kind okay. of thing. They're they're very different from each other, but from a enjoyment factor, I'd say I enjoyed them equally. Um mm-hmm. I don't I'd actually more I think about it say maybe Sweeney a little more just because of the Burton factor and I just dig his style typically, sure. you know. Um I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a depth fan. I don't have the man crush that you do, but I'm definitely a depth fan and and I like Helena I've always liked mm-hmm. her and stuff. I've seen her. And I, there's, there's very few things I've seen. And of course, when you have Rickman, that you know, you know. So you add all that together, it's a thing. And then Fiddler's fifth. But mm-hmm. um, again, I didn't the hate fifth floor on the roof. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Um, I I I don't know that I love the title. Honestly, I think it's I think it's poorly titled. Um, but you know, that's what it is. It's, it's based on the play, which is also titled the same way, which I still, well, it's also the play and and obviously the musical is also based on a bunch of short stories, short stories that are not titled the fiddler on the roof. No, it's uh, a Topoli and his five daughters or something like that. I think it's called, or no, no, Tevele. And yeah, yeah, I got the actor and I flipped the actor and the, yeah, yeah, Topple plays Tevia. Um yeah. But and and really the stories Which by the way, that motherfucker's still alive and kicking, by the way. Oh, I saw him live. Oh nice. You have to tell that. But yeah, go ahead. So well I'll start with that. So like like d- d- yes, despite the fact that I am an atheist and was raised atheist, for some reason my dad really wasn't like no religion, even the Jews. No, None I, of that. I I I, I Despite the flaws of your debt you've talked about about Ron on the show, mm-hmm. he doesn't strike me as that. Like he he's he's a but he's not he's an atheist and he's not very pro religious, but he's also not like shut the put the blinders on. Like he's not that. I I give him credit for that. Honestly, i you know he, even, he is to a degree. Like he wasn't like I'm. I'll never marry a Jew. I mean, he married like. I mean, my brothers are Jewish because right, their mother right. is Jewish. So, like, right. I mean, just like I said in the last, previous episode, he had his stance on certain Jewish customs, but sure. he also was like, my, as a little kid who was not Jewish, 
I've been to plenty of bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, uh, Passover, and Hanukkahs. Like, I've been to plenty. My godfather uh, was Jewish, Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my brothers are Jewish. My I Do I believe in everything they believe? No. But I respect that they want to believe that. Because at the bare minimum, the Jews have earned the fucking right to believe what the fuck they want to believe. And that's my opinion. In the sense of, like, these fuckers have suffered enough. <laughs> so, even as a little kid... Uh, when my dad and I would drive to the land and back, usually on the cassette playing, it was usually Pavarotti or like Beethoven, but more often than you would think, a lot of Fiddler on the Roof. Like dad had the, the soundtrack on cassette. No, I mean, the, the, the songs are, are definitely catchy and, and entertaining for sure. So I could totally sure. see that. Yeah. And I remember, because I had listened to the soundtrack before I saw the movie, mm-hmm. but I saw the movie at a young age too, but it was a little over my head, but there's something about Topple as Tevye who, it's easy for a little kid to kind of, at least it was for me, it wasn't obviously for you, but it was for me, to look at him as as sort of a thinking man. So he's sort of explaining to the audience well, what it's, is going on. It's an early fourth wall break. It really is. It's an, right. And actually, I, I, I looked it up, and the first four, and I, I disagree with this being a, a fourth wall break, but okay, fine. But apparently, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was a silent film from 1918. It was the very first documented fourth wall break ever. Mm. Um, and apparently, the reason they're saying that is because she, the, it was a female character, and she turned to the camera, lipped whatever, and then they put the, tit- the title card up to tell you what she was saying. But she was indeed talking to the audience. I mean, that's possible. But like... Oh, no, it's I documented. Mean, I looked in multiple places and they're all saying the same fucking film. All right, so. Well, if it's, it's, if it's if mass, you know, uh, agreement, then, then, then that's fine. Um, so my, my love for Fiddler... Even when I only understood just parts of it, like if I were a rich man, like I get what he means and tradition, I get what he means. Yeah. But then uh, my cousin Tracy, who would like took me and Nancy to all these like Broadway shows when I was a kid, I saw South Pacific with Robert Goulet when I was a kid. Uh, I saw Light of the Piazza and Topple came back to do like a whole string of final performances for Fiddle on the Roof. Mm. So we were, I was very lucky to see like the, like this is like one of the last shows he did. And I think it was either in Oakland or San Francisco was one of the two. But I remember looking up on stage and, and he played it even at, so the fucked up thing is, is when he was in the show and in the movie way back when he was like 30 years old. Yeah. And they like he he's so convincing as a fifty year old man or whatever the fuck he is, uh, you know all the 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 gray hair and the kind of middle aged weight and the slow, you know bones moving from working so hard forever. At at the at the time of the movie, he was thirty six. At the time he was how old? Thirty six. At the time okay. the, the movie came out. So, but even still, no, I no, mean, I'm just he, letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
by the time he's actually by by the time I saw him on stage, he was roughly older. He had to have been at least fifty six because he would have been fifty six the year you were born. So you do the math from there, and then right. So there you go. But probably, uh, probably, let's say mid sixties, probably ish sixties. I mean, he he did not slow down. He he caught up with Tevle. He actually became that. He was actually that age, or by the time by the time you saw him, so and he was still magnificent. Like I remember, like when the performance was over and they're all doing their 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 stage bow. Yeah, and everybody, you know, obviously that the star of the show is last introduced, and then he like looked up to God and like like beckoned us to applaud God, and I was like, all right, fine, I get it. Well, God I mean, is the unspoken fucking MC in this in this play. It, okay. Well, and if you look at his career outside of Fiddler, with the exception of um, uh, Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. a, a lot, if not most, of his stuff is religious based in some capacity. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. he's very like it, it. It does not surprise me in a little bit of research I did on him that he embraced this character as much as he did, because this is right up his alley, you know? He, he as the director, Norma Jewison, said, he, uh, Tevye breathed life into... I'm sorry, Topple breathed life into Tevye. Yeah. Uh, because originally in the stage production, it was Zero Mostel. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And I've seen on YouTube Zero Mostel's version of If I Were a Richmond... And I have to say, even though he OG'd the part, it's more hammy. It's it's more it's more mugging the camera and making faces. It's still a very good performance, but Topple really shows the the scorn that's going on inside his own brain. Yeah. 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 No, he, he definitely embraced that character. And I honestly, from the research I did, and obviously you know this stuff, so you can tell me if I read the wrong thing. He's the mm. only one from the stage that came to the screen for it. Everyone else that did the movie was cast for the movie. Topo's the only one that came over from the stage. That's my understanding, and the re- and for the record, the reason his name is just Topple is because his name is actually Chaim, yeah, C H A I M. But no one fucking could pronounce it. They're like Chime, Chame, Came. So he's just like fuck it, it's Topple. And they're like, how the hell do you pronounce that one? It's like Topple, goddammit. <laughs> or I'm sorry. Oh dear Lord, I don't mean to say, goddamn it. Well, so, the good, well, the good book says. Yeah, know. the good book says. <laughs> Dude, I I would fucking, I'm if I could brag, I would fucking be amazing as Tevye. Like it's one of those roles that I was like, I could fucking kill it so well. I think you could actually. I will I will give you that. I think you could. Um, I listen. I those parts I found really like entertaining. Like when he would be either talking to the audience or to God, and occasionally Mm -hmm. to himself. You know, um. Was one time I wasn't sure if he was talking to God himself, us, or the horse, but it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> no, well, because sometimes it was a little hard to tell who he was it, conversing it's, it's with. Take your pick, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was okay, no matter what, no matter who it was, it was entertaining as fuck. So it didn't matter, you know. I mean, no, he he, as I'm sure it was meant to be, was the highlight of the movie for me, without question. Oh, yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I view, see, because the whole atheist thing, because I know it's confusing. I don't, I view this as a movie of free thinking. This whole movie is all about Tevye constantly questioning everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. His religion, his traditions, his right as the man of the house, his status, his village. He is constantly trying to like understand why God is doing this to him and his village, why he has followed the rules his whole fucking life. And he has no control. Honestly, my opinion, the movie ends very sad. It does. It does. Yeah. All the villain. If you, for those who haven't seen Fiddler on the Roof, it's the village basically has to fucking leave their village because of the fucking Russian Imperial army, essentially revolution. It's actually the Russian revolution. Right. Because they're not even in Russia. They're in Ukraine, but whatever. And they all, it's, I looked it up. I don't, Anna Tevka is a fictional village, but it's supposed to uh, supposedly in, in the Ukraine. Uh, Right. I knew the village itself was fictional, but I could, I, I listen, I, I believed you looked up, so I'm not making the argument, but I could have made the argument that they were in Russia proper. Right. Despite the fact that the one guy came from Kiev because, you know, Sadly, what's actually going on in the world right now, Russia's not actually far from Kiev. It it would make sure. sense that they could be on actual Russian soil, you know. Sure, of course. It's it's not the greatest mm-hmm. lead to be like, well, I just assumed it was in Russia. Like, well, it's, it, you wouldn't. It's I don't blame you for believing that. But right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for all reasons, the village basically has to vacate and fucking move away. And a lot of them are moving to the United States. Some of them are moving to Israel. Some of them are moving to parts of Europe. Yep. Uh, they really were like, fuck Russia. <laughs> fuck they're, this. Ba- they're basically dispersing all right. over. Yeah. It's basically the fucking, the ending of Fiddler on the Roof is the beginning of an American tale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Honestly. Yeah, no, you're, 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 you're not wrong. It, it, but it's not Five Goes West. That's for no, sure. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's the first one. It's an American, <laughs> you know, it's an American fiddler on the roof. Um, but my, what I was saying is my, my opinion is that what we don't see is after Tevia and his family, his few remaining family members that he are going with him, at least, I honestly think that he becomes like an atheist American. I honestly believe that moving to America, having all these doubts, all these questions, all these incidences, and then moving to America, it wasn't common for sure, to be an atheist in America, especially in that century. But I honestly think at one point he'll be like, I don't want to believe in God anymore. You have done nothing for me anymore. Maybe that's an atheist hopeful interpretation, but I think the entire movie and play and show, all he's doing is thinking and rationalizing and questioning. Even to the point where he asks his wife, Golde, do you love me? That's something he's never asked her before, and that's probably presumably something that's never been asked in the entire village. And yeah, it's it's an interesting. It was an interesting concept. It's a very interesting scene too when they have that discussion. You know, because it's a, it's a real. The, despite the, um, and coming off the heels of 
of point askew, it's kind of ironic, despite the rampant male, like, do what we say environment. Mm-hmm. It's not just Tevla. Like, I'm not picking on that character. It's it's rampant throughout that village, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a time period. I mean, the movie comes out in 71, but it's set in 1918, I believe it is. So, if that. No, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 1918 based on the Russian the Russian Revolution was like 1919, so is that's mm-hmm. when it went like full war, I believe. So I, yeah, I can I can double check. You you yeah. might be right, but I'll double check. Um, but despite that, he he's not doing that. He's trying to have a conversation. It's 1905. 1905. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like something's wrong there with that. But anyway, it, that's, it, that's so not worth it. What it says is that it's the pale of settlement of Imperial Russia. Hmm. Okay. So it, I thought I read something about the revolution. The revolution's later, you know. Yeah, the revolution's later. So it's it's the, the pale of settlement was a Western region of the Russian Empire with varying borders that existed from 1791 to 1917. There you go. So 1905. But we'll, for the okay. sake of it, we'll call it, you know. Early 20th century. Regardless, yeah, yeah, regardless. It's, it's, there ain't no cars. It's all fucking, you know, carts and horses and shit. Yeah. With fucking lame horses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was in a discussion. It was not, it was, and it was, and I think the point for bringing it up for me is that it easily could have been written as a very aggressive discussion. Like, tell me you love me and, you know, shit like that. And it wasn't that. It was very, but do you like it was it was really like a like to your point a very introspective you know do we actually love each other kind of conversation or are we just here because of the matchmaker are, you know are we just used to each other or do we actually love each right, other and right. and the, the in terms because Tevia is the aggressor in so many of the scenes like you know Rev Tevia please don't yell me I'm not shouting like you know like that he, that but you, you know what? Goldie's got her fucking. Oh know, no, she's she's digging. fucking tough. Yeah. Um, so like, when he asks, "Do you love me?" She's like, "Do I what?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, "Do you love me?" Yeah. And she's just like, "Bitch, I've been doing your chores for fucking twenty five years, and you got the balls to ask me that shit." He's like, "Yeah, but do you love me?" She's like, "I mean, I get, yeah, I get, I guess, <laughs> fuck, I guess <laughs> yeah. I do, shit, yeah." I I fucking popped out five of your fucking daughters. I should love you. Um, he he was a clever <laughs> fuck though. I I I gotta say, like I, I first of, before I say that because I would I don't want to. I keep getting pushed on saying something I want to say, and I'm not saying that in a bad way because we've been talking about more important things. But the scene, uh, <laughs> and we kind of referenced it already. But a couple times, like he he's infamous for saying to people in the good book, even if it's. Mm-hmm occasionally not actually in the good book because there's a couple right. times where the, the, the rabbi's son, I think, or the rabbi or whoever that is, is like, that's not in the book. And he's like, shut up. Um, you know, or it could be, you know. But, it's in a book. Yeah. Um, so he's constantly using that phrase. And there's one time he's talking to God as he does frequently throughout the film. And he's like, in the good book. And then he stops himself and he's like, like I need to tell you what's in the book. Like, I, that yeah. I found hysterical. It, it, it really is. You want to talk about fucking fourth wall? It's the first instance of in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but like, like when he, when he outsmarts his wife 
to figure out how oh, to get her to go along with the the wedding with the dream like that and then you see this is not like man is better than woman kind of thing but he finally convinces her by telling her this entirely fabricated dream he has and on she, the on the fly on the fly like yeah it. and and she rolls over and goes that's how it is and rolls over and goes back to sleep and he just gets this like Cheshire cat style grin on his face. And I thought that was great. So yeah, and he's I mean looking at God like you help me. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like yeah. He, th- he there is definitely a thing of Jewish wit. Oh, for and sure. he has it. Oh, without and question. It, yeah. And you see it from the very first scene. And I fucking love it. This this still makes me crack up. He's like, um, where did this all start? I will tell you. I don't know. And then he fucking walks away. Like, I just, I love the fact, and he did that shit on stage. He's like, I will tell you. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it's so fucking great. And I still think, yes, despite the fact that I'm not technically Jewish, because Nancy wasn't Jewish, but I still <laughs> have. I think I'll, well, no, because you're dad Jewish. did DNA. There's no Jewish in me. No, you're Jew- you're Jewish by association is what you are. I, yeah. I'm chosen, but I'm not one of the chosen people. Let's put yes, it that, that way. That is, that is fair. Yeah. I'm chosen by, by uh, I'm a half chosen because my brothers are half Jewish. And, 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 and just to be clear, you're not related to Sato either. That's the other side of that, you know. Sato? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Bad. I, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that. Karate Kid Part Two. The 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 main villain, the younger guy, his name is Chosen. That's his. Oh name. wow! You went really deep cut. Well, it depends. I bet you. So, like, if Logo Mike's listening, he probably got that. Like, right probably. Now. But you sweep the fucking leg, and like, I didn't understand that. R- wrong movie, but sure. Okay. Yeah. It's still the same franchise, Fiddler. Um. Okay. <laughs> You asked, you said basically like the title is kind of. I know, weak. I get, I get where like he kind of explains it, so I do get it. I just think they, it could have been, it, it can be a little mis- misleading because you only really see the fiddler twice in the entire, and he only gets referenced twice in the entire film. But you know that there is no fiddler. Well, yes, yes. Technically, yes. I'm aware of that right. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's essentially, because I explained this to Dad. It's a metaphor. Having, it's a metaphor for yeah. tradition and old customs, which means by the end of it, he's beckoning his traditions to follow me. He's moving, f- uh, follow See, him, I, excuse I, me. I didn't even take it as beckoning. Like, I took it as, to your point about him maybe going atheist when he gets to America or wherever he ends up. Mm-hmm. I took it as the tradi- to your point about the tradition, the tradition coming up on him, like, "Hey, am I coming with you?" And he stops and looks and goes, "Yeah, you know." He doesn't actually say it; he just does the the head nod, like, "Come on." But mm-hmm. I took it as like, I think you would have been right if that scene didn't happen. If they had just had him walk off and it went dark, I'd agree with you. But the fact that he takes that look back and goes, "Yeah, come on," without actually saying it, you know. I, I, that's a fair argument. I also, again, very different timeline. Like I, I happen to know atheistic Jews that, that still have their traditions just for the sake of the family. Like they'll, they'll celebrate Hanukkah or Passover, um, or, or have, um, Shiva 
for mm. the sole reason of like it's important to the family. Right, right, right. right. You would expect my dad would be like, I'm not gonna have well, my kids and, have bar mitzvahs, but and, he was like, I get it. It's I fun. Mean, I, I get it too. I've gone to church when you know, I'm I'm not I'm not at the level you're at with atheism, probably still hanging on that agnostic world, but I, I've gone for the sake of my mom or actually the one Christmas I spent with the Vegas family, they're pretty religious too. And they were like, we're sure. going to church. And I was like, uh, you know, okay. Like, well, yeah. What are, you, what are you supposed to do in that point? Just sit outside in the car? Like, you know, well, like, all I, right, I, well, I, mean, I could have stayed at the house, you know, but you know, yeah, but then and, you would all, they would all be praying for you. Be like, please, Jesus, like let CJ find the light. He's sitting home watching rock of ages and he should I, be here. <laughs> I, I did I did ask I did ask one time if I had to go and uh the response I got was if you don't go you don't get presents. Now that's not why I didn't go, but or why I went, but it was it was the answer that I got, you know. Um You went for the presents. No, I <laughs> no, I legit went because I had that conversation face to face with my biological mom and I could see the look on her face. Like it would it would have bothered would her. Pressure. Yeah. Crush is a strong word, but it would have bothered her, and it was, and that was more important to me to to not upset her than yeah. anything else. So I went, and I was fine. I did my thing, and uh, I think you didn't only... burst into flame. Yeah, I got no, you. Well, no, I'm not going to. I was raised Catholic, so it's not like that. And the only thing it's I did Catholic and going to Christian church is different. Well, no, it's just Catholic. Well, yeah, I guess it wasn't very different though. The 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 ceremony was pretty much the same thing so if there is like, you know the same fucking guy yeah um i i the only thing i didn't do was go get communion um that's the only thing i kind of drew the line on was i'm not gonna go do that part and i i did get the sideways look but i think they got it they didn't dig in on that one and i just moved you know and you were just like i'm full what I'm what you're supposed to do in that circumstance is just move over because yeah. typically they they circle around the pews and come back in the other way. They so you so you just slide down if you're not going. And I did. I moved over, and you know I wasn't going to be a you know slide so. to the left. Yeah, slide yeah. to the right. Um, but reverse, no, reverse. I, I, I I get it. I get the traditions are important to people, and 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 there are certain traditions that are very important to me. And I guess you could say some of them are religious based, but I don't do them because of the religion. I do them because of the 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 family aspect of it, you know what I mean, mm. things like that. So you know, Easter with my mom is a big thing, you know. Sure. But it's I don't go because we're celebrating Easter. I go because it's important to see my mom. Like that's, in the same sense of like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. It's not like we're. Look, but that's not I, a religious experience. It's know. not a religious experience, but at the same time, I don't. I really, honestly, don't think people are being like being honest with themselves when it comes to Thanksgiving. But that's a whole other fucking rant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sitting around fucking like eating copious amounts of food and then having the next day buying a bunch of unnecessary shit is the complete opposite of what's being thankful for. If if the tradition of Thanksgiving was we're going to show how thankful we are by giving an well, exorbitant amount of food well, to the people who don't have it, without, then I'm like, all right, I'm in a Thanksgiving. All right, but w- without getting into a whole deep thing on it, the tradition of Black Friday started long after the tradition of Thanksgiving. So you can't blame the holiday for the... I'm not blaming the holiday. I'm blaming the fucking people who put it right after Thanksgiving. Like, I'm all for Black Friday and saving a buck. It's so bad <laughs> to put it right after Thanksgiving. Well, that's exactly why they did it, because everyone's usually off. So, 
you know. There are a gazillion unnecessary fucking holidays that they could have fucking put that next to. And it's also considered the start of Christmas season, and that's what Black Friday is all about, is getting presents. The, the concept of Black Friday is getting the presents for other people. To your sure. point of giving, you know. Yeah, but that's most the, of the time people are going to Black Friday and buying shit for themselves. No, so. you're not wrong. I'm saying the concept is what you said. What yeah, actually is occurring is a completely different conversation. So basically, if you're needy and poor, you have to wait like another fucking month to get the shit that you need. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's See, that's a different thing. Too. Anyways, yeah. we'll, we'll be fucking circling that forever. Yeah. I'm glad you're at least a receptive to fill on the roof. No, I it definitely was. I think that I think the biggest uh, shocker for me was the the length just because I planned poorly for. I got it a text in. from you saying fillers three hours long. And I'm like, yep. Uh, yeah, I didn't didn't see that coming for a musical because that's not common either. Like that, that's the big difference. Is just going back to the Ten Commandments comparison. Com- Ten Commandments, while there are some songs in it, is not something I would call a musical at all. You know what I mean? So it it it's very different in that regard. I you know that being that long, yeah, I think that's a little excessive too. Although I enjoy the fuck out of it, but you know, I I. A musical being three hours is a little not excessive, but un unexpected for sure. So, mm-hmm. especially considering all these other ones, the longest one that I watched was two hours and fourteen minutes, and I believe that was the Rock of Ages. Um, extended, really? Because... Ext- well, I watched the extended cut. So, oh, I don't know which cut I saw. I saw a cut. Let's put uh, it that way. Yeah, I don't know where you watched it, so I can't say. I, I bought. I bought a DVD, and I was just like, I'm just gonna get this. And you probably you, a... you probably got the regular, the regular. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say though, I think feel like Rent actually was five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes. Like I, it, it, there. See, when I I've seen Rent maybe three times in my life. First time I saw it, a girlfriend made me watch it, and I was into it. I I followed the whole thing, and I was kind of into it, and I understood what it was. I but that being said, I've never seen the actual Broadway show. Um, I I it made me more curious now to see Tick Tick Boom. The do you know about Tick Tick Boom? No, no. There's a biopic starring Andrew Garfield that came out on Netflix like a week ago mm. and it's directed by uh lynn manuel miranda okay yeah and it's all about the guy who wrote rent oh that 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 does intrigue me i'd want to see that yeah what you may not know is that he died before I, the stage I, production premiere of Rent, I, I do know that actually. I did know that. Yeah, like like, and I, when you say before, it was like a month. Like it was close, if I recall. No, it was a day. Was it the a day, day yeah, I, before the premiere? I knew it was close. I just didn't. I I concede having the wrong amount of time, but I knew it was like that close. It was not like a year. It was yeah. really. Yeah, he yeah. he. It's really fucked up because I acknowledge that Rent is iconic. And I'm not talking about the musical. I'm talking about necessarily the movie adaptation musical. There are parts where I was like, this is great. That was a great fucking song. That was a great fucking arrangement. Chris Columbus, of all fucking people, did a great job. You know what? When I saw he directed the thing, I went back and looked at 
his IMDb again, which I know I've guarantee you've looked at at some point because we did the Harry Potters and whatnot. So I'm sure mm-hmm. I've seen it before. Did not realize how many of his films I fucking like. Like, I like almost everything he's ever directed and maybe didn't realize it was the same guy. <laughs> and or wrote a screenplay for it because I, he wrote a lot of screenplays before he became a director. I only looked up the directing stuff, so I'm not saying you're wrong. That's probably true as well, but I only looked up the director stuff, so. He wrote Gremlins. He wrote The Goonies. Yeah, no, so far. Well, you're... okay, but but like, I mean, he was part of that '80s Spielberg pop culture because no, he was he, Spielberg's no, like and, protege. And, and despite my feelings on him, those both those films you just mentioned are like in the pantheon of that time period. I absolutely get that. So, like, yeah, like that. Mrs. Doubtfire. Right, that was one I noticed. Yep, Doubtfire. You know, uh, obviously the first two Harry Potters, which I dug. Um, you know, Mrs. this. Jackson. What's that? Per- yeah, Percy Jackson. Yeah, so like, there's a, there's a lot of Chris Columbus stuff. I'm like, oh shit, I dig that movie. I, the weird. I just rewatched Stepmom because I'm I, periodically I'll try to push like myself to watch like mom shit. Mm. To, like not to you, not to make myself suffer, but to just kind of be like, I, I don't want to fucking break into tears every single time a mom comes you on. You want to get back to norm, kind of. You yeah, wanna, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. there are times where I, you know, I cry, I cry, but sure. like. So I, I put on stepmom with Steph and Steph was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, it's important for me to do this. And then the 1492 pictures, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a Chris Columbus movie. She's like, okay, because his production company is right. called 1492. Of course it is, because yeah. why, 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 why wouldn't you with the name Chris right. Columbus? Um, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of Chris Columbus as well. And he I feel like he did a fine adaptation of a show that I never saw. Did you did you um notice who one of the producers on this thing was? De Niro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because originally De Niro wants Scorsese to do it. I that would have been listen, a very different movie. It would have been a much darker movie, I think, as I don't well. Know if it would darker, but it would have been a lot of different camera technique. I, like I, it would I not have the... been as. It would have been edited. I don't, I mean, I saw, like, did you see Scorsese's movie, uh, Hugo? No, no. So a really boring ass movie, but beautifully shot in my right. opinion. And gotcha. I need, it's one of those movies I really need to rewatch to really think maybe I was just, you know, whatever the fuck I was 18. Right. Right. I mean, I, shit, I may have, I may have been older and I just may have been bored. But um, when you think Scorsese, you think, you don't think like. No, you think 19- Irishman, you think, yeah, you think that kind of stuff. You don't think 1920s, like, young kid, young girl going on a fucking adventure, which well, is exactly what I call it every single time. Didn't he do that <laughs> cooking movie you had me watch? Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I'm blanking on it right now. Um, we did it for the show. I'm just trying to think of what it was called. It was the the, uh, the old-timey one where... Um... Oh, Big Night? Yes. Didn't no. He? No, 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 no. That, that, that was that was directed by Tucci. That still has a very, but that has a Scorsese feel to it. It, has it that, really yeah, does. It has that old school Italian look to it. But yeah, I, I'm not saying Scorsese can't do old timey shit because he did fucking Gangs of New York. Right, right. But that's not what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't, I think he wanted to do Rent, but I think he had flashbacks of trying to do. A previous musical, which was New York, New York, 
with Liza Minnelli and obviously Robert De Niro. And it fucking bombed like you wouldn't believe. Mm. But it introduced the public to New York, New York. The, and the originally Liza Minnelli originated that song. Right. And Sinatra was like, I could probably do this better. <laughs> well, as, everything, so, as everything so Sinatra so. thought, I mean, let's be real. Well, he did it with respect because like. No, Liza but there, listen, there's not like, a time Sinatra thought. looked at something and said, I could, did never said I could, I can't do that better. Like, come on. Well, as an East Coaster, even though you're not a New Yorker, you may or may not know this. When the Yankees win, they play Sinatra's New York, New York. When the Yankees lose, they play Liza's version. Oh, that's terrible. It's still like, hey, it's New York, but it ain't Frank. I it's don't Liza, know. I, who's still very New York. Whenever Mariano Rivera used Enter Sandman as entrance music, I was like, Pfft. so, you know, that. But anyway, back, back to Rent, though. Back, um, back to... I, I This is the one that I've seen. In theater. Now, I did not see Broadway. I'm sure you didn't see Broadway when you saw Fiddler, but um, well, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a Broadway thing, but not in New York. Well, that's what I mean. Like it was a Broadway run. Yeah, it was it was Topple coming back and doing his shit. But it wasn't on Broadway in New York. That's what I'm saying. You know, I did. I unfortunately did not see the Broadway cast because they'll do that too. Where, like, you're to your point, where that cast will then start to travel and do other theaters. Mm -hmm. um, the one I saw was locally based. It, it was it was an official production, but it wasn't the Broadway cast of Rent. Of Rent, yeah, okay. yeah. I saw Rent, and uh, I had I had avoided that movie or that that show even for years like years on purpose actively was like nope and this i'm assuming this is before you had like seen the air of your ways and grown and been it had nothing it had nothing to do with my homophobia really it had so, all to do with that thing that you know i do when something gets to be like insanely popular and i'm like i want mm -hmm. nothing to do with it it had absolutely nothing to do with the context of the film or, or the, the story, I should say. It had nothing to do... It was solely based on... It's popular, so fuck it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and then yeah. I got offered a free ticket to go see the theater. Uh, Did they know that you were only that you were never going to see unless they actually got you a ticket? Um, Whoever got you the ticket? I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the, the, the impetus behind it, but, you know... Um, good, good words, CJ. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you, pulled, you have a fucking word of the day calendar, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, uh, but I, I, uh, but they invited me, and I went and I saw it. it was, I'll, I'll share this much: it was Tiff's family, actually. Uh, I, you know, uh, her sister called me up and said they had they had season tickets to a theater in Philly, and so that means like every month or three months or something like the new show comes in, and it's like here you just go they just go it's season ticket whatever and so they had season tickets for rent and they had three tickets because when they bought the package originally her father was still alive so it was the mom the dad and the sister and i think i don't know if i've ever shared on the show but her dad passed away a number of years after tiff did and they still had the third ticket so they would they would typically give it away to somebody to to go and and when they went to see rent her sister was like i think this is something that would be right up cj's alley because it's it's a raw concert it fucking is a raw con especially in the in the theater man that shit was like there was guitar yeah. i mean it 
short of the band being on stage, it was a rock concert, you know? Right. Um, and, and the movie doesn't disappoint that way. Like, it's it's really well done in that respect. And I got to tell you, like, that loft they live in was something I wanted as a kid for years. Yeah. Uh, every time I see a movie that has, like, a New Yorker living in a fucking loft, I'm always like, well, maybe you guys could afford the fucking rent if you weren't living in this fucking thing. Well... I mean, at the t- you think about you got to think about a couple of things. You got to think about the year, you know. It's, yeah. it's it the year it was. It was very different, and also eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, it, I think it's, it's eighty nine, and then it becomes ninety by the end of the film. Yeah, uh, but but when they moved in there, if you do the math of the story, when they first moved in there with Benny, and it was, I think it was like four people living in there at one point. Because I think at one point you had Roger, you had uh, Benny, uh, you had. Uh, Mark, and then I, I'm pretty sure if Maureen wasn't in there with him, Collins was. And Col- maybe Collins and maybe was both. the previous room, yeah, he was the roommate. No, they and, all were yeah. like the four of them, yeah. I think, were living there at one point at the same time. And you don't really see that many bedrooms, you just see the giant loft. No, there's you do you do see two bedroom doors at one point though, so there's at least two bedrooms. But you're right. But I mean, you could easily could put four people in that space. It's big enough. You would just have to do some finagling. Um, so four people splitting that that rent at that time, all working is conceivable. You know, if they are all working, but at I, least two of them are well at the time artists. At the time we see the movie begin, yes, we sure. don't know what yeah. happened when the four of them were living there. You know, so when that's Roger what was an actual like like an actual working musician for sure. Right, Roger was working musician. Mark might have been, you know, I mean, you and then Benny. Benny was probably paying the bulk of the rent. Let's be real about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And he didn't mind. He gave them a year free until his would-be father. See, that's the thing I get lost on Benny. That's where the only where I have a big problem. I, mm-hmm. the way they tell the story at the beginning, Benny's married. Mm-hmm. Is that how you took it? He's married yeah. to that. Okay, yeah, it's it is his father-in-law. That is the like he got married, and now his father-in-law is bossing him around and forcing him to like you know right. But yeah, what. Where what I think gets lost at some point is that later in the film he ends up with Mimi for a while, so he's I either mean, divorced or cheating. He's <laughs> uh, probably cheating. Yeah. I by mean, the way, it's Ahsoka. What are you gonna do? Yeah. By the way, Ty Diggs, uh, one of those like crossovers in this because he's also in Chicago, which we'll get to. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I noticed that too when I watched Chicago. I was like, "Oh, motherfucker!" Yeah, as well. Same thing with um, what was I watching? I watched. Um, there's another crossover in this one. Well, no, it's a crossover within the within the whole theme because fucking Depp is just everywhere. Um, well, not well, not just Depp, but fucking uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, Paul Giamatti as well with Rock and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. But dude, I, I love Rent. Uh, Adina Mazel, um, you know, or she's, as Travolta calls her, Adele Dazeeb. Yeah, she she's meant to be annoying in the in the if that's where you're going. Like she, that character is meant to be like that. No, I mean, I'm not saying that. I I I'm definitely of the opinion that Adina Mazel has one of the strongest voices oh, in Broadway that I would sure. I would go as far as to say she is the queen of Broadway. For sure. Right? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I can't, yeah. And I, I, on some areas, I can understand criticisms of her so-called screechy voice that critics tend to go for when she's really going, when she belts it out, sometimes it can be a little screechy. I don't particularly agree with that most of the time. I think the fact that she's able to sing as she does and belt out those mm-hmm. tunes, whether mm-hmm. it be Let It Go from Frozen or Defying Gravity from Wicked or fucking anything else she does. I, but, I would I would love to be a fucking fly on the wall when she's in the shower singing. There's there's but there are parts of her performances that I think are annoying and I think that but that it's not because it's her, it's because that's what the the role asks Maure- for. Yeah, Maureen is supposed to be kind of a pain in the ass. Like that I liked I'm sorry. I was just say, like that, 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 the, the, the one woman performance from early, and that's it. I love the jump over the moon part, but the other parts of it are like, oh god, you know. And that's that's I agree. That's literally one of the hardest parts of that whole movie, and yeah. it has nothing to do with Idina Menzel's performance. Yeah. It's that I'm not really a fan of beatnik artistic kind of <laughs> shitty shit. Okay. You know, that where I don't it's have like, a problem with. It was just the way it's presented that I have the problem with. But I'm I'm all for expressing your individuality, but it doesn't necessarily mean I have to like it. And no. so, if I was in that audience, I'd be like, "This fucking sucks, Benny." I agree. Tear this shit down. This is boring. <laughs> I, this doesn't make any bit of fucking sense. And, and but you know what? I wouldn't. Despite my liberal feelings towards like most things. I would not have been like a bohemian artist. I would have been like, fuck you guys. I got to pay the rent. You, you're t-. I was like, stop being lazy. Motherfuckers go to work. I, um, I, first off, I, I, I think that's what makes this show so great. It's because I am diametrically the opposite of that, so, you know? Um, yeah, but I also like that. They got a lot of the original cast from Broadway. Yep. Like that's, that's a rarity, you know, to get the bulk of the cast. I think the only, I think it's um, Angel and Benny and Mimi are the only three that no, no, weren't. Angel's back. That's the same person. Oh, is it? Okay, I wasn't sure. I was not. That was the one I was the least sure on. Benny, I know. I don't think Tay Diggs was in the musical. I think he. Well, or he did a short run. Use... I think he did a short run on it. But he may have been the most recent run before yeah. the movie came out. That. But yeah. From what I understand. It, because I, I looked that up as well. It's Rosario and it's um, the actress who plays uh, the 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 other the 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 fucking lesbian Joanne. who Joanne who Joanne. Joanne yeah. Which I had seen her in a random ass movie. She's in Quentin Tarantino's movie Death Proof. She's a re- she's a reoccurring car- character on Cold Case. Who was a detective on a TV series. I haven't watched Cold Case, but she is radically different in Death Proof. Oh, she is in she is in Cold Case as well. Yeah, she is like if you, if you said to her that actress be like, I need you to be Samuel Jackson. Oh, that's she totally, exactly what uh, she's you, doing in she Death can, Proof. She can, yeah. I, 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 if you needed female Sam Jackson, I, I she'd be one of the first people that came to my mind for sure. Yeah. So. Going back to the recastings, my understanding is that it's her, it's Mimi, and the main reason is because, 
And it was more respectful. It wasn't like, oh, fuck that actress. It was right. more of like the previous actress who played Mimi was well over 19 and was not convincing enough to play a 19-year-old. Mm. So they had to go younger. And I think the woman who was playing Joanne was pregnant. That's why they had to recast it. Okay. So again, it wasn't like Chris. It wasn't like Chris Columbus be like, "No, fuck you." It's I don't know why no, I, I made Chris Columbus sound yeah, very. I, I, I don't know why you did that. I don't know. I just, uh, <laughs> but like, like, like Anthony Rapp was it like one of the start? Like he started on the first run. Like he's he's I th- I think he's one of like three people to play Mark on a major run of the performances. Like. Outside of like the one I went to, which would not be considered that, like that sure. the one I saw was all local casting. So, but and Jessica Martin as yeah, as Col- I was I, I think, was getting there. Think, yeah, 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 yeah. Him and, and by the way, th- can we make that motherfucker play uh, Marvin Gaye? Finally, uh, he would do a good job. He, he was supposed job. to play Marvin Gaye for years, oh, and well, like see, they actually like started filming, and then it just went to development hell. Um, but god damn it, he was fucking. Kill that performance. Do you have a favorite no. performance in this in the movie? Like song in wise? Movie? Yeah, like song wise. Oh, uh Tango Maureen. That's good. That's good. Hands it's... down, Tango Maureen, I think, is one of the best structured songs. It the lyrics are great. The yeah. flow of the rhyme, because I admittedly, I'm one of those kind of guys when it comes to like a musical song where at least it has to have a flow. It has to have like a bit of a rhyme for me. It has to have a hook. And yeah, there are I mean, plenty of songs. Okay. The opposite of more of Tango Maureen, in my opinion, is don't say lighting your, lighting your candle. Okay. That's not where I thought you were going. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I thought you were going to my favorite, which is not that. So that's fine. But I'll tell you why. Lighting your candle is a great fucking concept. Yes. It is great hook of a title but structurally the song doesn't work well, at all also musically though you have to admit musical songs don't follow the same structure as like a recorded song for an album they just don't like, you know or even like fiddler or mm-hmm. chicago right you know so but but i'm just saying in general even even the ones in those mm-hmm. pictures don't follow the same song structure as say something that you write for the radio that's all i'm saying you of know of course but that's why there's musical and then there's music. Right. No, no, no. I, I, I agree, but I just I feel like it's important to say it. You know, we're not we're not disagreeing here. Um uh, f- not my What's favorite, the- but one of the one of the most powerful ones in there is the Dignity song. You know, the one they sing in the, the support group. That one that one gets me every time. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I I don't want you to think that I hated rent. I just think I think I probably would have liked the show more than the I, movie. Well, it's not any different though. I've seen the show. It's not very. It's really not. It the songs. I, I think there were some camera angles that. We're were not going to get any camera angles in a show. You're going to be whatever angle you're sitting at for the entirety. Right, which is why I'm going to look at its face value. But I think in terms of camera angles of the movie, some of it was a little jarring. I, like. And, and I and I think I still would have the same opinion of like light your candle. I felt like it was such a it's kind of a jarring song, mm. even though it had so much 
potential on paper. I think the words just de- in my my ear palate, if you would, it just didn't it just didn't flow right for so, me. So, so for me, I don't want to call it a tie, but I I really love Santa Fe. That's a great mm-hmm. one. Um, that's a great Tom. You know, Tom singing that one. Jesse Martin kills that song. It's great. Um, La Vie Bohème, though, is that's that's great. I fucking love that track. You know, um, and the only thing I hate about it, and it's stupid because it's important to this story, is they break away to show Roger and Mimi, and they do the thing out the I should tell you, which is a great. It, it is a good song too, and it's important to the story and all that kind of thing. But I, I just love love Ebo Hammond and 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 you know giving Anthony rap because that's his that's one hundred percent his song. Like oh, sure. with all, with all these songs, everyone gets involved in some capacity, you know. But most of the characters have one song that's theirs, and then they mm-hmm. kind of all and join in. Like uh, today for me, uh, is it? Today for you, tomorrow, or today for me, tomorrow for you. That's one hundred percent Angel song. That, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's and, a great, a great one as well. You know, and Angel was outstanding, outstanding, outstanding. And even when I saw the movie, I must have been fifteen, the first time, uh, I cried. It yeah. was I didn't cry because I hadn't really cried yet, but I felt so much weight. Yeah. for angel and, yeah. and i was close to tears yeah um i really love the song i'll cover you angel yeah. and collins doing that that is such a heartfelt romantic it song is. yeah and you can interpret it in so many uh ways i should tell you is great but after a while it's like fuck it just tell her god <laughs> yeah. damn it yeah. i should tell well then fucking stop saying i should tell you well, they got to build a suspense. Come on now. It, it took the entire fucking movie for them to finally say it. Well, no, um, it, 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 no, wait, I have to correct that. There's multiple I should tell you, and each one is referring to a different endpoint. Like the one is about the one, the one, the one's about HIV. The other one is, I, I honestly think the first one's about just his heartbreak. He's not even the HIV portion. I think the first time you hear it, when he says it in the apartment is about his heartbreak over the ex who passed away and ultimately gave him HIV as well. I think the second one is then the actual, uh, how I feel about you, meaning right. I, I just like you, not necessarily I love you. Like it gets to the point at the end. That's the third one, you know? Mm. So that's fair. That's a, that's a fair, accurate assumption. Um, I'm assuming, you know, this, but you know that Rent is based on an opera, right? No. Actually, I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. So here, I'm going to tell you something. It's based on La Boheme. I can see that. I mean, obviously, you have the song that, that you know, directly. La Vie rep- Boheme, yeah. yeah. Um, La Boheme in itself is also based on, um, uh, it's based on, I guess, a story or a stories or a play but I guess play were they doing? Yeah, they were doing plays before they were doing operas. So I guess that's that's fair. Um, so La Boheme by uh, Puccini even has like the character, like the character fucking name of Mimi is Mimi. So 
<laughs> they <laughs> name and going around for years, you know, decades, you know, so centuries. I mean, he, <laughs> but he did. I mean, there are character differences. Like instead of Roger, it's Rodolfo. Well, I would also imagine Mimi's not a stripper, but I mean, she. If I rem- uh, I'd have to double check, and I'm trying to right now, but. I think Mimi, she may not have been a stripper, but she may have been like maybe Actually, a prostitute. I was going to say, like, back, then it, back then it's possible, yeah. Um, it's, I'm looking at it up right now, but it's very similar. So if like, I've seen, the irony is I haven't seen Rent on stage, but I saw Lava Web on stage. Okay. Uh, Lava Web is, is, is a beautiful opera. And it's not my favorite, but it's definitely a beautiful opera. Uh I'm still partial to fucking um, Pagliacci, but that's just me. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at fucking, yeah, even her fucking, the candle f- blowing out in, in, is from Lava Wem. So, like, there you go. it's a rock ver- It's a rock opera is really what it is. I'm okay with that because it, yeah. it, it plays. It, it, I, I love the fuck out of this movie. I, I do. Mm. I love the, you know, I like the show. And it actually made me want to see the movie because I saw the show before I saw the movie. And right. so when I saw the show, when I finally kind of gave in and went and saw the show, I was like, all right, now I need to go watch the movie. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is, you know. I'm absolutely not criticizing your taste in in, in, in Rent. I understand. You're saving all that for a rock of ages. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but for Rent... And anybody who's listening, and if you fucking love rent, I I saw that I hate rent. I I just hate paying rent. Um, well, who does? Well, I, yeah, but I'm paying rent to someone very specific. Well, that's also true. Yes, but it doesn't make it any better if I was paying it to a, like a landlord or a landlord who's a father. Like it really doesn't matter. If or slum lo- slum lord, you know, same. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there there are just some scenes that. If you look, I'm not trying to make a pun, but they drag out, you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, I, I think this story absolutely need to be said because it's, it's a story AIDS. is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about AIDS. It's all about homosexuality. It's, it's one of the first musicals to my knowledge that, or at least popular ones that shows, uh, gender fluidity as well as, I mean, I don't want to call it transgenderism because i think at the time it would probably well no it is transgender because she angel goes by she right but you're not wrong so right point stop not wrong okay but in the in the movie at one point and it's only said once so you might have missed it i get it if you did she refers to herself as a drag queen so Mm -hmm. because in 89 that's what she would have been considered, if not a sure. transvestite. Now, we both right. know that's not the terms now, and and we acknowledge that's not the terms in 2022. But in 1989, that's exact 1990, depending on when it's said in the film, because I don't remember exactly what, at one point, the word is said. Uh, that's what she would be referred to as. But you're right. Mm-hmm. She used the pronoun. See, pronouns weren't, I mean, pronouns have always been a thing. Pronouns are pronouns but they're not pronouns like we know them today like how right. you identify yourself right. and 
Yes, she used she and but you even there's a, there's actually you know what I'm glad you bring it up because there's a great scene at her funeral mm-hmm. where Mark and you know he means zero disrespect when mm-hmm. he does it, but he says he very briefly. And to be fair, the picture on the coffin is he. It, it's him as a it's angel in male no none of the drag, none of the long hair. Right. You know. Um but he corrects himself. Mark corrects yeah. himself and, and just moves on with the story, much like Saf told us. If you if you mess up, just correct yourself and keep going. Don't stop and apologize. And that's what Mark right. did. And I, I respect the obviously that's written into the script and I respect the fact that that's how they handled that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they asked somebody. I like, think that was look, probably um I don't know. No, I I'm saying with, if if they when they were writing not the script for the movie the original I bet you it did I don't I don't remember if that exact moment is in the stage play I don't but if it's it possible. it's it's very possible and if it is I'm wondering if the guy who passed away who wrote the thing made sure that was specifically because mm-hmm. you have to write that shit down that's not Anthony Rapp fucking up his line that's that's the line right. is just to screw it up right you know to screw up the pronoun. So, um, again, I think everybody gave a great performance. I, there are certain songs I don't think flowed right, but I, I loved, I totally respected everybody who was in this movie. And, yeah, and I think this is, none of the songs are easy. I think none it's my first, songs. it's my, it's my second exposure to Rosario at that point. Um, I don't know. For me, well, I think bro- keep in mind how long it took me to see it, you know? Sure. Um, it's For, possible that I saw Rent before, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think I saw Rent before I saw Clerks 2. Well, my first exposure to Rosario was Men in Black 2. That's my first exposure. Oh, yeah, exposure. yeah, that's so, probably, that's probably accurate. And then, so for me, it was probably, it was probably, uh, Men in Black, Rent, Clerks 2, Clerks mm-hmm. 2, you know, so. And then I, well, I want to say I may have saw the movie Kids, which is another movie all about AIDS in New York that yeah. stars Rosario Dawson. You know what? I did see Kids before I saw, definitely before I saw Rent. I'm wondering if it was even before I saw Men in Black 2. No, I'm pretty sure I saw that in theater, so it would, it would only be before Rent. Okay. But I don't... You didn't I, associate it. I also don't remember a lot of that fucking movie. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not an easy movie. No, I I know that, but I really don't remember a lot of it. I don't really care that I don't remember a lot of it, and I'm not bothered by that fact. I know, you know, but it's true. In terms of of that subject matter, I think everybody should see kids once and then stop. I don't think you need to see Gummo. I don't think you need to see any of uh, Harmony Corinne's other movies. Uh, because I've tried, they're not very good. It's it's a very interesting. If you like those movies, fucking good for you. Whatever, yeah, good for you, yeah. But I, I, he's also a very controversial dude, and I, I would. He's one of those guys that if he was like in my apartment, I'd say you need to get the fuck out of my apartment right now. I don't um, give a fuck that you think you're artistic. Just get the fuck out. Be artistic somewhere else, motherfucker. I, anyway. I do, I do hate the. I hated the trope with with they do this all the time though, dude. In, in movies, not just musicals, they do this in movies, and they did it twice in this grouping that we're watching uh, for this. The oh, 
you did something I didn't like with another guy. I'm not talking to you. Like, let's, you know, I, I fucking, and, oh, oh, and vice versa. Because yeah. it's also, oh, you did something with some girl that I don't like. I'm not talking to you. And then it never actually happened. You know, especially when they never actually happen. When, they, when it happens, like when the other person screwed up, yes, maybe still give them an opportunity to try to talk it out. But when nothing's actually happened, that one irks me to no end when you see yeah. that. And it happens twice in two different movies that we're doing here. So Roger, yeah, it, Roger and Mimi is one of them when, when she goes to meet with Benny to get their shit back. By the way, she gets all their shit back. Yeah. And there's no indication, at least in my mind, that they, they did anything physical happened at that point. I don't think they really did because it wouldn't exactly, I mean, it'd be unsafe. Well, I mean, it's uns- you. You can be safe. I mean, it's presumed to me that when he finally shows up backstage at the strip club, and that then they get into a physical relationship for sure. Yeah, you know. I mean, but but prior to that, at the time that Roger like loses his shit, you know, is I don't know. Overall, I, for, yeah, yeah. Forget regret, motherfucker. I'm yeah. you know. By the way, the entire time I was watching Rent, I kept looking at. Roger and I was like, he looks so much like a young Mickey Rourke. The, it, it actually was kind of distracting to the point where I'm like, I swear I'm watching an, like if Angel Heart was a fucking musical. I don't want to get so into that weird. thing, but you heard he took a huge shot at Tom Cruise this week, right? Who? Mickey Rourke. He did? Called him, called him an underrated, untalented actor, I believe was the... Underrated or overrated? Un- or overrated, overrated, untalented actor. Well, clearly Mickey Rourke did not see Rock of Ages. Clearly he got a bunch of blows to the head. I'm assuming based on that last comment, you want to go to Rock of Ages now, get that out of the way. I, not, I, I'm, not. i hey man, whatever you want to do. You want, well, you want do to I go- look like an Orion Tang to you? Hey dude. <laughs> that is, that is one of the funniest parts of that. Of that movie, hey I man. That. Yeah, yeah. Hey man. Uh, do you want to talk about Rock of Ages, or would you like to say it for the fucking finale? It's up to you. I don't care. Let's do Rock of Ages. Fuck it. Uh, <sighs> let's just start. Let, let's rip the bandaid off. What did you? What did you? Okay. Question you ask me all the time when, when I tell you I didn't like something you, you asked me mm-hmm. to watch. Was there anything about this movie that you liked? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tom Cruise was pretty fucking great as and, and believable as a rock star. You know who it's based on? It's based on uh, a couple of stars. Like it's... it's it, it's pretty much one guy. There, yeah, I get you could throw a couple other people it's, in, but that's it's uh, it's Axl Rose, right? It's one hundred percent Axl Rose. Right. Yeah, it, but I mean, I've also heard like it's it's also kind of based on like Keith Richards and like probably Steven Tyler. Like during the, a little bit the, of my research, the 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 influences for the way he yes, but the, no, I'm not talking about the way he performs it. I'm talking about the character that character is 100 so much so that the mic he's holding when he's singing pour some sugar on me when it when it's arsenal's last show 
at mm-hmm. the bourbon room is the same mic that Axel uses. That big ass fucking foam. Like Axel loved that that really big foam thing on the end of the mm-hmm. mic. You know, you see it online, but that's it. And you have one as well, but it's yeah. more form fitting to the mics that we're using. Axel loves that big crazy. So yeah, that was one hundred percent Axel Rose. They'll never say it, but <laughs> it's. I definitely, I definitely saw the resemblance. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think I, I really appreciate Tom went that extra leap and learned how to sing, and it's definitely him singing. And he's that's how everybody's pretty, singing. There's no everybody's singing, but Tom Cruise was the one we're like, we're gonna, we want to make sure Tom Cruise can fucking sing because he's supposed to be playing the rock star. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he did a great I, job, I, honestly. I yeah. I think he did an amazing job, and and that's one of the he's one of the few things that saved this movie for me. Uh, the other one is is um oh, I'm fucking blanking on his goddamn name. Uh, 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 Russell Brand. I I knew you were gonna go there because he's fucking funny, and he's fucking he looks like he fits in this whole movie, which is probably why. He chose it because he's like, oh, yeah, I, I basically played the same fucking character in, in like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and shit like that. You so get it, 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 great. It, yeah. it absolutely makes sense. However, there, there are other actors in this that I'm like, wow, they really didn't do a good fucking job. My criticism is based solely on acting and, and uh, editing and who – look – for a movie that's all about the 80s and sex, drugs, and rock and roll and, and rock and fucking all that shit, not one ounce of cocaine was shown on screen. And I think that's because the editor who made this movie snorted it all. There is so many quick cuts that it was so distracting. It, it didn't sit still. The camera didn't fucking sit still and it was so fucking nauseating. And I get it's supposed to be high kinetic energy because it's rock and shit. But there are other movies that have rock in it. Like, even Chicago, which isn't rock. The editing for that, I thought, was much better because there were moments where you could sit and watch the performance and then it would it would do the, the editing to the tune of the music. Whereas... I didn't get that in Rock of Ages. It was just all over the place. And that really frustrates me to no end. Um, the songs chosen were great. Some of them are a little predictable. But that's fine. Like, when, you know, when they're like, we're not gonna... T-, I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, that's, that's, uh, that makes yeah. sense. Especially versus, um, oh, no, 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 that's, um... Yeah, because they reprise it, and then they verse that against uh, "We Built This City." We built this city, yeah. You know, because they also sing. They also say that. Oh no, no, that's hit me with your best shot. I was thinking about the song in the church. That's hit me with your best shot. Yeah, uh, there are again. There are some. All the songs were fine. I have nothing against that because I do like a good rock song, despite what people might think. I actually do like rock. Uh huh. I do. I fucking do. Am I am I balls deep into it as much as you are? No. <laughs> but my but I have a finger in the asshole of rock and roll if that makes sense. Like, you know. <laughs> okay. 
Paul Giamatti, by the way, needs to stop playing this exact same fucking role. <laughs> you said role. that last time, yeah. Like, this is three movies that we've done for this theme where he is the fucking... Because we didn't we didn't do Love and Mercy, but I brought it up. Oh, right. Yeah. He is playing the fucking snaky fucking manager, agent type of fucking role. And I'm like, good God, will you fucking just play a dentist? Just play a fucking dentist. He should have been the dentist in that thing you do. Let Charlene... Yeah, Charlene Charlene's that her own could have fallen in love with her, and then there you go. It would have, it would have yeah. tied it all together. Um, no, you, you're right, he, but he does play well. I mean... he. Yeah, but, like, for fuck's sake, like, just... Fuck being a dentist. Fuck being a lawyer. Like, one of the best performances I've seen him do is a movie called Shoot Him Up, where he plays, like, a fucking villain. And he's great in it. And you can tell he's like, I really enjoy, I really enjoy doing this. Like, he's really happy he gets to be the sneaky, evil fucking bad guy who shoots people in the face for once. Mm. Um, the Z guys, double D, double Z, double the flavor. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I, uh, but that, but you are, know what? I, I, I like that they work that into the story because. Based on the, it's, it's a little too early, but it's close. It's close enough. It's about a year too early to be real time, but <laughs> it it does kind of. That's about when the bo- new kids on the block broke. Yep. Vanilla Ice, you know, yep. uh, it 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 was right in that window of time that they're doing that. So I mean, it it does play a little bit, but you know, I, I agree. You know, I think my from the research I've done on Rock of Ages, I think they had a plenty correct. Like, the cast could have been fine. Julianne Hoff is awesome. Julianne Hoff, I I thought her singing was great. I hated her acting. I thought it was, it was very deer in the fucking she, headlights. She was acting. You you were watching the movie for a very different reason. <laughs> anyway, but the same thing with Diego uh, Bonetta. He was actually name. supposed to be in the Metallica movie originally. The and, Metallica movie. Yeah, so Metallica put out a movie. Oh, the one that you were talking about a couple episodes back or something. I, I don't know when I brought. It. I'm sure I brought it up. But I don't remember when. Where like there's this kid taking going to get this bag and bringing it back to the band while the concert's going on. It's basically the apocalypse. He was right. supposed to play that kid. And it was okay. supposed to be a much more in-depth story. Like, there was supposed to be, like, dialogue and everything. Like, that kid does not say one word the entirety of that Metallica movie. The only person that does any talking in that entire movie is the band. And it's primarily when they're on stage performing. You know? Okay. So, um, and that's not what it was originally billed as. So it was very different. But Die- the point is Diego was supposed to play that guy. And I'm, I, I wonder if... The script change made him be like, no, nah, I'm good. From, from what I gather, he, he was a pretty fucking popular Latin star. I um... Yeah, Diego Bonetta is like a is a Latin singer, not unlike like Julio Iglesias and shit. But he which is why like when he was cast, they didn't know that he actually like was kind of a star in, in... Oh shit. He was in Terminator. Which Terminator? Dark Fate. Is he the fucking... I think he's the brother. 
I'd have to look up the character, but the you, char- I think you're right. I think you're char- right. The character's name is Diego Ramos, but I don't remember if that's the the. That's the last name of of the character. Yeah. Yeah, then that's the brother. That's the yeah. brother. Okay. Um, he's saying fine. Yeah, he but, did really well, actually. Yeah, I, I I don't really don't have a problem with any of the singers. I just feel like some like when they get somebody who's only solely based as a singer and not as an actor it's kind of noticeable in my opinion and i think julianne hoff and diego Benita, despite being great singers were just giving really not great acting performances which he, kind done of took a bu- me out of the film. he did a bunch of acting before and po- pre and post honestly well then he's just not a good actor or at least he wasn't a good actor in this particular thing and i've heard julianne hoff is good in like recent shit but I haven't made that leap to watch anything. I haven't right. I, I, because I looked her up. I'm like, what else has she been in? I, she. I, I remember you know, when I um when I first saw it, I actually had to look up and see if it was Hayden Panettiere because she looks just like her. You know, the entire time I was watching this that uh, this movie, I was feeling the same way about Constance Sack, the character oh. played by Malin Ackerman. Acker. Yeah. But I kept thinking she looked like Amber Amber Valletta. Do you remember the movie Hitch? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was the fucking woman that. Oh, the like, the the heiress the Kevin, from yeah. the Kevin James was going after. Yeah. Because you take you look at them side by side, it's ex- almost exactly the same face. I I didn't have that, but because I recognized her from Watchmen, because she's that's where I read. Weird because she she's a total fucking brunette. Looks nothing like how she looks. But in the fa- her face for whatever reason I mean this is a compliment, not a negative. But her face is very distinct to me. Like I can I can pick sure. her face out no matter the hair color or style. You know what I mean? Sure. I actually feel bad for the credits. Did you? I don't know how much <laughs> of the credits you paid attention to, but like they would show like scenes and then it would freeze and go black and white drawing. And, yeah, and it, they did the scene with her where like Tom, where Stacy Jackson like open your mouth and it freezes with her like wide jawed. I'm like, that's not the greatest. Yeah, they did her dirty rate. in that one. Yeah, that they, was, I I agree, I agree, because she was really good in the movie. But the 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 choices on some of these it was like I, like Steph and I are like looking at you like, what the fuck was that? I I do love that. That Heyman got his own thing though. You gotta give me that. That was fucking sure. funny. That that was hysterical. Um, <coughs> Tom did a great. You're right. Tom did a great job. I I didn't mind the. I to me, you know, here's the thing, right? As much as I love Rock a- Rock of Ages, comparative to something like Rent or even Fiddler, right? The story is not what you're going for. Right, like with, with Rent, it's a mixture of the music and the story. Fiddler's probably more the story than the music, although the music became iconic. But at the time that it came out, it was more about telling the story of that family and what happens to them, right? Right. So right. Rock of Ages is all about taking these songs and how do you turn these songs into a story. So it's not about the story I, I get why you may not have liked it, but for someone like me, and I'm sure a lot of the people that were interested in this and turned on by the concept of it, you went to see how they were going to incorporate these songs, much like Across the Universe. The story mm-hmm. of Across the Universe is not fantastic. It's not. I'm not going to ever sit here and tell you it's great. But the way they incorporate those Beatles songs 
into the into the story is pretty interesting and in some cases amazing in a good way. I feel the same way about the way they did this with Rock of Ages. You know, the the way they brought these songs in to be able to tell the story, you know. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Like I said, a, a good chunk of my criticism is is acting and performance and 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 filming. But, right, but you um, that that's kind of my point though. Like you say the acting, so n- not the singing performance is the actual acting in between the songs. Right, but if I'm looking at a at a bad performance, unfortunately it doesn't help my my criticism of film. I mean, it it, it has to it has to help. So there are parts I need to like look at certain things again because I did only see the movie once. Okay, here's here's one that I can say. I thought Catherine Zeta Jones's performance as Patricia. She was way was better. Not, in, she was way better in Chicago than she was in this movie. Way better. Infinitely, infinitely yeah. way I, better. I, I, in I can I can give you that. I can a hundred percent give you that. She was one of the. Uh, listen. She was one of the the, the, the the low points of the film. I gotta give you that. I'm not the biggest Russell Brand fan, but I you're right. He was it's almost like he was created for this film. Like he you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like he, he fits in well. I remember when I first saw Alec Baldwin was in it, I was nervous, but I actually thought he did a damn damn, damn good job. I know he's kind of persona non grata now because of the shooting incident, but that shouldn't affect our ability to it, this is very different than like what you know, Cosby did or, or any of these people that have done like sexual right. shit, not saying it's good that he killed somebody, but you get the point I'm saying. It was an accident. It, it was, was an it accident. There was definitely some, I think there was definitely some, um, uh, negligence on, on several people's parts. And unfortunately, partially his too. But that aside, that's very different than a, than a deliberate act to harm someone. And we all, and I don't, for one second, think it was deliberate. So, right, there's that, really very little instances of accidental rape. In, right, you know? exactly. So that separating the two, I can still look at Alec Baldwin and, and enjoy. Despite now, he's done some other shit in his personal life that's like, yeah, I don't know oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, but, he, he, look, Alec Baldwin is definitely a douchebag. He, uh, but, he's a douchebag. But he's not one to the point where you can't watch him anymore. Not to me, anyway. Do you know what I not mean? To like me either, but like I'm not actively like. When he plays a douchebag, he's a great goddamn douchebag. Like, but the, but he's he's great in this, and he's not playing a douchebag. That's kind of the point I'm trying to get to. Like, he really did a. I was really impressed with his performance I, in this. I liked the fact that he was that role. If he yeah. was, if he was any other role, like if he was the the fucking Giamatti, he you know, could have done that. That's the only other one he could have done in the movie. Anything else, he would have been badass. Agreed. Uh, because there's only so much, like, there's only so many age. He could have played the fucking mayor, I guess. I, no, because you needed someone with no spine, and for whatever reason, Cranston plays that well. I'm not saying he doesn't have one, but Cranston plays that role really well. At, at the time, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Breaking Bad was. It was after, around. but I've seen him do. There was another. I'm trying to think. There's another role I've seen him in where he had a very similar like spine. Well, Malcolm in the middle. He's a spot. He's like. I never saw. Movie. I never watched oh. it. So yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin. I I fully love the fact that his character and Russell Brand's character w- fell in love. That yeah. was great. Yeah. And that being said, their singing was fine. Russell Brand more than Alec Baldwin. Alec sure. Baldwin at least carried a tune. Uh, 
he carried it over his fucking shoulders, but he carried it. <laughs> I'll give him that. Um, but I mean, the funny thing is that he, Alec Baldwin has denounced this film. He said, this is, this is an awful film. I hated being in it. And the only reason I was in it was to work with Tom Cruise. And that made me think, that's why he's in the later Mission Impossible movies. Because he's like, hey, that thing we did with Rock of Ages, I didn't like that. Can we work again in something that actually like we might enjoy together? I guarantee you that conversation happened. I I can't deny that, and that's a shame to say because I think he did fine. I think he was a good selection. I think he did a good job. I was happy with it. Um, I loved working Mary J. Blige into it. I know that surprised me a little bit when I saw her name come up, but I feel like she did a great job in the role that she played. You know, I know jack shit about Mary J. Blige, so like I, I saw the name in the credits, but I don't know who the fuck she is. Mary J. Blige is one of the all-time R be singers ever okay. like she and, and different than say like a Whitney like it's not to say she can't sing but Whitney's like Whitney sings that style Mary J is like how do I describe it I'm struggling here I'm sorry but no but she she it it, it it's pop R&B versus more of what it's what early Whitney was and then okay. early went and then Whitney went like bodyguard style uh-huh. Uh-huh. and Mary J can do it. I don't want to take that away from her, but she's hung more like, like for example, she was in the, and I know you give a fuck about the Super Bowl, but the, if you recall, it was in LA last year and the halftime was Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and she was oh, in she that. she was on that. I, yeah. I do remember you and, telling me that. And she was there because of who she is. And she was that then too. So... I want known that I. It's not that I've never heard the name Mary J. Blige. Right, right, right. You like, just not you played a track in front of me. I've been like, I don't. Is that I don't know. Is that fucking Whitney or Tina? I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. I got you. No, and and so so Mary J. Being in a rock movie was a little like at first. Just seeing the name in the opening credits was like, really. But then mm-hmm. I saw the performance and she she kills it. She was amazing. You know, she so. Fine. Yeah, I see. My whole thing is like I have more of a problem of like the like not not any of the performances necessarily, with the exception of the the stars, but like the what I mean with the stars, I mean the main two. I like know what you meant. I know hundred percent what you meant. That's why I laughed about it because everybody else actually can fucking act. They're not just chosen because they look good and they have a voice. All right, but, moving on. But there's like she. The character Sherry legit, like, quits a a job because she's being lusted after and then goes to a strip club and becomes a stripper. And I'm like, how do you make that fucking leap? No, Why I not think just she, go I, back to the diner and work as a fucking waitress? Well, she goes. She goes to a diner, if you recall. There's a montage. Right. And as she and, was writing it up, the dude, like, grabs her ass. Right. And so she immediately quit and then gets hired at a she strip never, club, which... She never quit. She never was never never had the job. She was filling out the application when the dude grabbed her ass. Oh, I interpret that as like she was that was like a customer. No, that was the dude she was filling the application out for. She didn't oh. even get that far. I so but my point is like what? She thinks it's gonna be less likely to happen at a strip club? Remember, she didn't go to the strip club looking for a job. She's walking down the street hear me out, she's walking down the street, someone knocks her purse off her shoulder. 
and it all spills all over the street. She goes down on her knees to pick it up in the pouring rain, and she's just sitting there crying, and Mary J sees her and comes and brings her in just to give her a drink, not even a job. So, sure. like, she didn't go actively looking at, to be at the strip club. And if you recall, at first she didn't want to dance. She just wanted to be a waitress. She ultimately gets to the level of, okay, I'll make more money if I'm dancing, you know, or whatever, or just right. so little self-respect, who, whatever you want to call it. But... You know, I, she didn't go actively looking for the strip club, you know, and you can tell even when she's telling um, uh, Drew about it up on the Hollywood sign when they run into each other that she's not proud of it. Actually, she lies right. twice before she finally admits to it. Can we talk about the Hollywood sign for a second? Sure. You know, do you know that like that you're not you can't go there. You could you at can't... one point. You could. At one point, but like it, it's eighty-seven. Remember, remember, this is eighty-seven. Yeah, but I'm I'm getting a little tired of that fucking trope in movies. Whether it's an eighty-seven or a nineteen oh seven, it's it's so fucking tired of like people just have like the Hollywood sign is just like every fucking person who came to Hollywood from Iowa to fucking be like, and now I just know where to have that. That everybody should be. Uh, the Hollywood side should have a giant line. You're like, all right, it's my turn to go sit and like lament about I, like I came from Kansas and I didn't get to become an actor. Yeah, like, I um, I would have more respect for Rock of Ages if they showed that where it's just like a line, just be like, hey, will you fuckers hurry up? It's my turn. I came all the way from fucking Indiana and I did not become a fucking you know rap musician. And I, look, man, time is fucking money, and I paid to fucking. There's like a gate attendant who's like that, like a valet, just like trying to direct them. <laughs> He's got the fucking like air traffic control cones. Like, all okay. right, you fuckers go on this line. You guys get the H's. You guys get the W's. It's it's funny you say that because uh, it's not to the same level you're describing, but they actually had to build space around the Vegas sign because he. Originally, it was on just a median. There was a median on the strip, going down the strip, and the sign was just there on the median, the Welcome to Vegas uh-huh. sign. And right. so many people were just pulling over to the side of the road and, and practically blocking traffic that they actually widened the median a little bit, put a parking lot in and, and a place where you can actually go now and walk up to the sign and be safe. Because people actually were getting hit in some cases killed by cars, you know, just trying to see the Vegas That's sign. That's horrible, but my first instinct as a fucking joker is like is that's not the big greatest fucking welcome to vegas it's like welcome to vegas <laughs> yeah um you will now forever stay in vegas the, the listen there, there are flaws in this movie don't get me wrong just because i have my number one doesn't mean it's not flaws like there's i can i can name a couple like there's a scene where uh where, again, Stacey Jacks is performing, and at one point he's singing, and he's got the mic in his hand, and it's a corded mic. No, no, I'm sorry. This is this is when uh, Wolfgang von Kult, other known as Drew, is... Yeah, I know. That was a bad name. I didn't like that. I, I agree with you there. Uh, but he, he's performing, and he's got a corded mic, as you would for the opening band. That's not right. uncommon. And then he does, like, a, a lean-back scream shot like of seeing mm-hmm. and the camera shoots down on him and it's clearly a microphone that's a corded mic not plugged in 
Like it, yeah. if you know mics like I do, that it, it, it oh, he's just yeah, yeah. It's not a wireless mic he's holding. He's holding a corded mic. So it, it, it just as a fat, casual film goer, just like oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, yeah. There's pretty- stuff like that, but see again, that's not what you tune. You watch one of these for. You watch this for. To me, you watch it for the music. Uh, they, you know, there was a little spot on that when he's writing what ultimately is a journey song. He's wearing a journey T-shirt. That mm-hmm. was a little like, okay, yeah, that um, that that was confusing. It was like, wait, so does journey exist? Well, that's what I'm saying. Because if you notice, they went out of their way not to reference Def Leppard at all, mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the three biggest names in songs that were in that movie. Now, there's other there's other good songs. I'm not taking away from them. I mean, you got Foreigner and Sister, you know, and all that stuff. But Joan Jett, yeah. Joan Jett, yeah. Uh, but from a, from a marketing perspective, those were the three biggest names. And, and sure. they, they actively avoided using any of their material, like T-shirts, posters, whatever. And he's wearing a Journey fucking T-shirt when he's writing uh, separate ways. It's just like, okay, dude, no, no, you know, so. There were so many weird scenes that, I I mean, I struggled, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry you struggled. I I did not. I loved every second of it, but, yeah. And I'm not, I'm, you know, this is one of those rare occurrences where I'm like, look, man, I get it. Like, when it comes to a movie that I'm like, how the fuck did you hate this movie? Or how the fuck did you love this movie? In this particular instance, I, I get your opinion. Because you're looking at this as like, this is, a mu- this is music and it's a good time. And blah, blah, blah. And I totally understand that. Whereas, well, I guess when I'm looking at a musical, I'm like, I really need the story to really pop. And I need, like, the, the actors to really fucking... Give it their damnedest. Like, is everybody in Filling on the Roof an amazing actor? No. But at least it looked like they were trying to respect the source material. But the source material is so drastically different than the source material for Rock of Ages. I mean... True. But here's here's what I'm saying. The guy who fucking wrote Rock of Ages didn't like this adaptation. And that should say something. Well, I mean, I and I have not seen the stage play, unfortunately, so I can't. I don't have anything to compare it to, but um, yeah, he wants to do a different. He wants to do a completely different one. He wants to do like an indie version. I'd be all for it. I'd watch of the course. fuck out of and that. I, you know what? I would probably be into that. I'd watch that version and be like, all right. Well, because it's going to be a lot. I mean, Tom Cruise did a good job. Yeah, um, Sweeney. <laughs> Sweeney. Uh, the, the most fucking Harry Potter movie that's not Harry Potter? Yeah, almost so much so that I wondered I, if I didn't know better, I would have told you Chris Columbus directed the damn thing. Um, but or Alfonso Caron. More likely David Yates, but I I agree. You know, that said, it it it, it, it it's very Tim Burton. It's dark. It's, Tim Burton. it's yeah. dark. It's creepy. It's Helena Bonham Carter. It's Johnny Depp. Add some salt dinner's ready like i mean that's that's <laughs> that's that's think about it, that's tim burton outside of the two batman movies you know and 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 early on substitute winona Ryder for helena bonham carter i mean 
or Lisa Marie. The one exception, it's not Danny Elfman's music. But, yeah. but yeah. if I had said that this music was Danny Elfman, like Danny Elfman wrote Sweeney Todd, you'd be like, I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I was it, like, it's the motherfucker who did fucking, what, Cats? Or is that Andrew Lloyd Webber? I, have to I think that's Webber. Yeah, I think that's Webber. Uh, I'll check for you. I have it right here. Uh, Sondheim. Sondheim. Uh, music by... Oh, of course it's not fucking something I, I can it. click on. I, God. Oh, he did. He wrote the lyrics for West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Into the Woods, which... I've seen, think, actually. I, I think I own, but I've actually never fully seen. I, I wish I hadn't, but I, I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of this shit that I actually have not fully seen. Anyways. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Did we lose you there? <laughs> No, I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, anyways, uh, fucking sweetie. Um, here's what I can say about it because I can, I can, I can summarize this fairly quickly. Honestly, um, it's it's it, it's fine. There's there's nothing. There's nothing. That's why I had it like mid mid road and kind of hard to separate it from Chicago. You know what I mean? For right. me. It's fine. It was good. Deb does a good job. Helena does a good job. You know, Rickman does what Rickman does. Timothy, Timothy Spall does what Timothy Spall does. And, right. you know, to your point of when we did Rockstar, he plays the same goddamn character every time. It's the same thing. He's the British Paul Giamatti. I mean... Yeah, a little, a little bit more devious than Sweeney Todd than he is in Rockstar. But it's... But it's the same base. I mean, yeah. same with the character he, he, he plays. He's slimy fucking dude is British. Timothy Spalzer, man. Yeah, same thing he does in, in Potter. You know, like, it's it's not... Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, Jesus Christ. Like, it goes... I don't even know if you fully know how many Potter actors are in this. Apart from the Rickmans and the Helen Bottom Carters and the Timothy Spalls. Well, I think... Uh, isn't the kid also? Yeah. So, the first two characters you see, right, are... Uh, Sweeney Todd and Anthony. Yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Those are two Gellert Grindelwalds on screen at the same fucking time. Oh. Because Depp played Grindelwald in Uh in Fantastic Beasts, at least the first two. And fucking the kid is Grindelwald in Deathly Hallows for like like a flashback for like a second. Oh, is it? I I wouldn't have remembered that, but sure. Yeah. And, oh my God. And I mean, obviously fucking... Helen, I mean, ah, Jesus Christ. That being said, I fucking love Sweeney Todd. Like, and I, I have to give credit to where credit's due. My appreciation for Sweeney Todd actually came from Jersey Girl. Okay. Because well, that's it. That, but that's it. That's the interesting thing is, and I, I don't disagree with you, but like that song is not in this. Yeah, it is. No, it, there's no point where she says knock three times. I do not remember those those lyrics coming out at any point. I was listening for them. They don't, but the 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 is in Sweeney Todd, but they had to trim the they had they had to look. The Sweeney Todd movie had to change a lot of shit for time issues. Like there's a whole opening scene called I think The Ballad of Sweeney Todd where it's the introduction to explaining the story. And Tim Burton was like, well, why the fuck would I have an introduction to explain the story when I could just explain the story? Yeah. 
So, and it was supposed to be like a bunch of Sweeney's victims played by Christopher Lee, uh, Anthony Stewart Head, and fucking X, Y, and Z of other guys. And they're all like the ghosts and victims. Like, that would have been awesome to have Christopher Lee fucking be a part of this movie, but they had to For cut sure. his role. Yeah. And they kept Anthony Stewart Head uh, briefly. He's the guy who goes up to Sweeney. He's like, I hear you have a shop over on Fleet Street, and then that's it. Or like, do you have a do you have a sh- do you have a shop opening sometime soon? Yeah. So they still gave him like a one line for some reason. Um, but yes, the the song "God That's Good" is is still in Sweeney Todd, but they had to change it enough. I think I think Kevin Smith had to like, I think he went for the real stage adaptation, whereas Tim. Well, Burton of had course, to kind of yeah, because like, that was that was the concept of the Jersey Girl story. Is they do an adaptation of a stage play, you know. Which, you know the whole Tim Burton, Kevin Smith, like, bitter fucking fight that they had. Yeah, I think that's been resolved, though, hasn't it? Has it been resolved, with the exception of, like, Depp has worked with Kevin Smith and Tim Burton. That's the only, like, in-between. Gotcha. Because Depp is, Depp's kid is friends with Smith's kid. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the big thing was... Like they were supposed to work together on Superman Lives, right? Which yeah. didn't Kev, happen. Kev, and, Kev wrote, and Burton was going to direct. Timber was going to direct. Smith was going to write. Nicholas Cage was going to star. Right. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen the documentary, which if you haven't, I recommend. I, I I have seen it. Okay. There, is, but there is a portion where Kevin is doing like Kevin, you know, an evening with Kevin Smith, or either the first one or the second one. I think it's the first one, and he. Goes this whole thing about how Kevin, I'm sorry, uh, Tim Burton, like basically talks shit about Kevin and blah blah blah. Like it was just this back and forth between their publicists and and blah blah blah, because Kevin watched Planet of the Apes and the ending of the Planet of the Apes is is very 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 similar to something that Kevin wrote in a comic book. Mm. The whole Chasing Dogma, which is the in between between Chasing Amy and Dogma. Jay has a fucking like nightmare of the apes taking over and they take down the statue, the, the uh, Abraham Lincoln Memorial and replacing it with an ape. And that's what happens at the ending of the yeah. fucking Tim yeah. Burton one. I've seen that. So he's like, yeah. so he's like, that's fucked up. I fucking did that. And he's like, kind of like accused Tim Burton of plagiarism in a very tongue in cheek way. And right. Bert, I'm, I'm explaining all this for context. Sure. Burton responded back with, uh, anybody who knows me knows I would never read a fucking comic book, which Kevin said, which explains fucking Batman. But I also <laughs> would never read anything written by Kevin Smith. I do remember this, yeah. Which I think even Kevin Smith put that on the back of one of his books. No, yeah, it's, I think it's on um, Tough Shit. I think it's, it's on that Tough Shit or Sound I think, it, it's, it's, I, I think it's Tough Shit. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Let's now move forward the fact that there hadn't been any movie adaptations or any scenes of Sweeney Todd in any movie until Jersey Girl, which, for all intents and purposes, was not exactly a beloved film to the other demographic. Sure. To us, it's a fine film. I thoroughly enjoy it. I it's do, too. Cute, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a cutesy little mother, you know, father, mother, uh, father, daughter. Like, thing. like any movie, there's some moments where you're like, eh, OK, but yeah, as a whole, it's fine. Yeah. Right. And then what? Two years later, Tim Burton's like. Now, to be fair, Tim Burton has been trying to make Sweeney Todd 
since he like since before he was a director. Like he's really want to make that movie for a long motherfucking time. So Jersey Girls 04, Todd 7. There you go. So three years after. We have to in- interpret like, you know, time to uh, fucking sure. film. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's probably closer to two. Yeah, it's probably closer to two. But yeah. Now, am I saying that Tim Burton fucking plagiarized from Kevin Smith? Probably yet again. No, because I know Tim Burton has got a huge wet dream for Sweetie Todd. And it's it's a puddle of blood. And there's not really anything. I mean, if you're if what you're implying is the fact that he made a movie out of it, I would say no. I think that has nothing to do with it. You know? No, I'm I'm really honestly not being serious. But oh, the I know, fact I know you're not. But if that's back and yeah, forth, yeah, is really like, hmm. Like honestly, Kevin Smith could be like, that's fucked up. I put that in a movie once. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So and and Tim Burton could be like, anybody who knows me knows that I've never seen an evening with Kevin Smith. He'd be like, you probably did. Also, I would never watch Jersey Girl. Fuck that movie. Yeah, no. and now, and now, and I'll bet you, uh, how much you want to bet he watched uh, at least Yoga Hosers because of that. Mm. Whether he'll admit to it or not is a different discussion. He but... pro- I'll tell you what, he probably watched Tusk. Well, yeah, but Depp's only in that for what, like five minutes, I think, last scene? Yeah, about 20 minutes. 20 minutes, it's, yeah. It's, it's, well, because he has that long-ass monologue with the well, But I'm saying the other one's much more... Yoga hosers, yeah. he's throughout. You know? All in all, maybe fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even still, that uh, a dude getting turned to a fucking walrus is really up Tim Burton's alley. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I think tied. I think Kevin even said at one point. I don't know if it was meant as a dig because it's all just back and forth now. But I think at one point he even said it's the closest he gets to making a Burton film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fairly it's fairly true. It's fairly yeah. accurate. Um. I mean, and I, in, I, unless I, people like interpret chasing Amy as a sci-fi. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think the, I think he said it because a the walrus, but also because he got Johnny. That's true. You know, it's a close. Yeah, it's close as he comes to a Burton film. You know, so. Um, I saw Sweeney this particular movie, not Jersey Girl, but Sweeney Todd, in theaters with Michael, and that yeah that that tracks. <laughs> yeah, and it was I I fucking was totally in love with the musical. I fucking loved it. I loved, I, I loved the characterizations because this is one of those rare ones where I'm like, I've watched YouTube clips of previous interpretations sure. to really get a gauge because the de facto Mrs. Lovett is Angela Lansbury. And just like how I said of like zero Mostel as, as Tevye, they're the OG. However, I happen to believe Helen Bonham Carter did a better job. Okay. Uh, and the same thing goes with Depp. I think Len Carew, who played Sweeney, every every stage performance that I've seen, uh, whenever they cast Sweeney Todd, it's always a guy with a very strong, deep, baritone voice. Uh, and L- that's, like, yeah. Like, which is the not at all what Depp does. No. So, I mean, like, even... Actually, by that logic, Christopher Lee should have played Sweeney. Sweeney, or like even fucking Topple. Topple could, by that demo, by that description, yeah. someone's got a very rich, deep baritone or almost borderline bass voice. Yep. Because like even the song "My Friends," these are my friends. It doesn't sound nearly as good as how Depp does it, which is full of heartache. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I do. There are a couple things that I don't like of Sweeney Todd. The opening scene where it rushes through London. That was very kinetic, and I didn't really like that. It you was don't just like jarring. kinetic stuff, period, it seems like. I, it's, that's not necessarily true. I like kinetic, and as long as it's done well, like when Edgar Wright does it, or Tarantino does it, I think it's great. But right. when it's something that's like a sort of a slow melodrama, and all of a sudden it's this, like, zooming through London, I'm like, what the fuck? I also have to acknowledge, it, even though it's not explicitly said, Sweeney Todd is supposed to be locked up in Australia until he goes back to London. Okay. Shouldn't that motherfucker have a tan? Not if he's in a prison the entire time. I mean, that's true, but he at least has to walk out. Presumably, what they, they, he says he was put to hard labor for 15 years. So, he's, he, could, he could be in the fucking basement of a goddamn prison castle, just or, fucking chipping away at rocks and shit. Jay, did they have mines in Australia? Tell me. Like, yeah. I mean, someone fill, me a set, fill us in. Uh, who do we know that is from Australia who actually knows the history? Because I've spoken to Jay, and she's like, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, we know all this shit. JoJo? Jay. <laughs> no, Jay, I, I, I was answering I mean, your question. <laughs> I'm sure JoJo probably knows, but she may have forgotten. <laughs> It's yeah. somewhere deep inside. No, no I'm not touching that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. She's got one finger in the asshole of her Australian history. I'd, I'd venture more like three. But anyway. Um... <laughs> one fist in the asshole of Australian history. I, I think it was a fine movie. I don't have I don't have a lot to say because did did I enjoy it? Yes, I mean for sure. And and there were definitely some positive moments. I liked. I actually really one of my favorite parts is the part where they're um uh they come across Sasha Baron Cohen's character Pirelli and that that whole sequence there I found really kind of entertaining. Um, In the stage production, he's 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 pretending to be Irish. So when they went. Italian, I thought it was really fucking hysterical. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Because if, I, you, if you're really going to try and change your identity, you don't go from English to Irish, even though I'm not saying the same fucking thing. Sure. But you really go full opposites. Like, this fucking far Italian, I thought it was hysterical. Um, I dug that. I actually liked when... Um, Lovett's telling the singing this story about if they were together and and Deb oh, is by just, the sea. yeah but the but in all the sequences he's just about as stone faced as like just it was as close to being Edward Scissorhands again as he's probably been in years without the scissors obviously you know well, I mean he is wielding blades but but not I, in that he, I think even. Yeah. Yeah, I think even uh, Depp said that he looks at Sweeney Todd as an ancestor of Edward Scissorhands. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, although based, I think based on when the the guy created Edward originally, wouldn't Edward be the ancestor of Sweeney? Because I think he was up in that tower for what, like, a long fucking time after the uh, guy died. It, I thought it, 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 it maybe not ancestor, but maybe just a long lost relative. Yeah. There you um, go. I, I well, I'm curious of you because you're not the biggest fan of horror, and this really is kind of a horror movie musical. It's not scary, but it's definitely a horror movie. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. I don't mind. 
It is, but it's not the type of horror I don't like. I guess we'll put it that way. Like I could, I could see this going into my Halloween rotation, like around in, in the same sense that other Tim Burton films can go in your Halloween rotation. But uh, and also does Ghostbusters, you know, and stuff like sure. that. Like you know, like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I could see that being in my. It doesn't mean I'll guarantee watch it every year, but if it's, I could see myself around Halloween going. I think I'll put Swinney Town because I did buy it and I don't regret right. buying it. You know, what I mean, like, which is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, but is it something I'm going to pull off the shelf regularly? Probably not. But it doesn't mean like I will never watch it. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Did you have a favorite song? Out of curiosity. No, no, nothing. Not even the song wasn't even what intrigued me about that sequence. It was Depp's portrayal of like this like deadpan. Uh, Sweeney, really? Mm-hmm. No, there's not a particular song that kind of stood out for me, really. You know, this is one mm-hmm. of the few I was more focused on the story than I was the music. You know, which originally, until Sondheim made it a musical, it there really was no background for Sweeney. That's not that's not entirely true. There was because Sweeney Todd had been around since film. Like it had been a thing. It was one of those, like there are there are historians that like try to claim that Sweeney Todd was a real person, but then they have no evidence to support it. Uh, I've I've heard that it's loosely based off Jack the Ripper. Loosely based in the sense that there was someone who was murdering people, but like right, right. But yeah. that's it. Because like the, no, that's yeah, yeah. I, that's why I said was. that's why I said loosely. You know, right. Hey, we, no, not just that he was murdered, but he was murdering in the poorer part of London. Though, and and I think it's the same time window. I don't think it's the same exact year, but it's the same window of time. Yeah, it's, those it's, those were the similarities that it, I was referring to. You know, I mean, shit, we could have done a whole fucking thing of like Johnny Depp in Jack the River esque movies because he was sure. in From Hell, mm-hmm. and then he was in Sleepy Hollow, and then he's in this fucking movie. All these turn of the, turn of the twentieth century movies, where it's all about serial killers in London, and well, I guess Sweet, Sleepy Hollow is not London, but but England, every, yeah, it, it's it's New York, but everybody's got a fucking English accent. Well, at that point in American history, it would have been that way. The, the, it would have been really interesting to see some of the actors in Sleepy Hollow be like, "Hey, fuck you, you Sleepy Hollow, you headless horseman sack of shit." I wouldn't have minded seeing Christina Ricci in this. I, yeah, I think I, you know, she actually could have probably played Joanna. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, although I, I, I wonder would she been too old? She might have been too old, uh, but originally, weirdly enough, Anne Hathaway was really courted for the role, but Burton wanted to go completely unknown, and she is. <laughs> she is, and admittedly, her performances are not my favorite. And but you know, it's taken me a while to enjoy her song the fucking mockingbird finch whatever the fuck uh, it's called well to her defense if there if you'll give me that it's her first movie ever yeah yeah so and i think and i think for what it is she did fine in yeah. terms of, i'm just saying she's overshadowed by you know helena bonham carter oh of course Depp. yeah everyone just about everybody else in the movie except maybe anthony you know like except anthony i mean even the fucking kid who played toby yeah he fucking killed it. Is I mean, that no is that is that the role that 
now I'm asking you to work with me here, but is that the role that Liv Tyler plays? And yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So usually on the stage productions, Toby is is not portrayed as a little boy. He's portrayed as a uh, mentally impaired man who has mm. who, who has the mentality of a boy, like an like an Igor almost. <laughs> not as not Igor, but more of like uh, kind of like of mice and men type mm. of situation. Like, tell me about the rabbits, like that that type of thing. Uh, to the point where I, you're fucking uh, your your dude um, Neil Patrick Harris played Toby on Sweeney Todd. I can see that. There has been a lot. Like the one of the most fascinating castings of of Sweeney Todd is who like who plays Mrs. Lovett. So like obviously Angela Lansbury, but it just it honestly it just sounds like Mrs. Potts. It's almost too Cockney where you can't fucking understand mm. half of what she says. Right. Uh Emma Thompson does a really fucking good job, but she's and she's um and then there's like Patty LaPon, who's you know pretty yeah. well famous fucking Broadway star, so of course yeah. she's gonna do fine. Kelsey Grammer played Sweeney Todd at one point. That was but that's what I'm saying. It's that deep, rich voice kind of thing where sometimes it just doesn't work. And I think Depp's instincts of sort of going rock in, in a sense without being too rock. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And he and Helena work insanely well together. By the way, just circling back to Rock of Ages real quick because you just reminded me of something, just something you may not have known. Um, Constantine Maroulis, who became to fame from being on uh, American Idol season four, I want to say. I might have the season Mm -hmm. wrong, but he was on Idol. And this is before Rock of Ages, the stage show was even really, or was either in pre-production or really was not a thing yet. Right, mm-hmm. he actually plays Drew on the stage production. Okay, and he was in the movie. They gave him a spot in the movie. He's the um, he's the record <laughs> producer. Says, "Well, can he rap?" Oh, really? Yeah, that's him. So, okay. uh, but you made me think of that when you said it. So I, I don't just wanted to mention that. But um, at the top of my head, the only other thing I can think of for Sweeney Todd is just one little tidbit that like it's become a joke between me and Michael. We had this idea of how funny it would fucking be where if you change the lyrics to uh, pretty women, which Sweeney and judge Turpin sing together mm-hmm. to Alan Rickman, the song, it becomes insanely funny because the lyrics are like pretty women blowing out their candles, pretty women. But if you just change it to like, Alan Rickman stroking on his hair. Like, it's, it's the funniest shit. And I told Steph, I'm like, before we watch this movie, when we get to Pretty Woman, just imagine they're saying Alan Rickman. And it is insa- it is infinitely much better. So every time I watch it, it's just like, Alan Rickman <laughs> blowing out his candles. Alan Rickman. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, Chicago. Chicago, the the final one. Chicago, Chicago. Hey, how you fucking do? Welcome to the goddamn fucking windy city and shit. Uh, um, I liked it fine. Uh, I thought it was okay. You know, uh, you liked I, it and all that jazz and shit. All that jazz. Uh, as as we said earlier, 
I think Catherine Zeta-Jones did much better in this. For, agreed. Um, but it, you know that that alone, I thought I thought Renee was fine. You know, um, I agree. I, I it's unfortunate that she was so. This was a part in her career and personal life where she was struggling with her like anorexia. Mm. She she looked really. I mean, like I get for the time period, like it kind of makes sense, but like it, she was really really skinny to the she point was. where I'm like, she didn't have to go through all this bullshit. She could have slipped through the fucking bars to escape prison. <laughs> give her a sandwich, damn it! Um, give her a fucking sandwich. Let her um, eat cake, goddamn it. <laughs> um, I thought Queen Latifah was a little odd. That was a weird choice. I, in the same sense that you were talking about, like. Mary J. Blige, I was actually pretty fucking cool with Queen Latifah and her. Like, Steph, I think, fell in love with her. She's like, oh, man, I would love to be her. I'm like, it's like I'd love to be, like, that confident big woman. And I'm like, you, the I, you are a beautiful woman. What the fuck are you talking about? But be mama, Stop. don't be queen. Because she, I, I've heard interviews with her, and, like, she was on presidency two different times. And the one time, <laughs> she, you could tell she had no interest in doing that interview at all like it was okay. so in her tone and then the second time like they said after that interview was over they said but like we're probably not going to interview her again because she doesn't want to talk to us whatever right mm -hmm. and then she was doing some project and i don't remember what it was and if i did i would tell you but it, it was some project and they were really pushing it hard so they she came she came to the show and but it was a telephone interview this time, and so she was in LA. But presumably, and in case you just don't know how this kind of thing works, because I do study what radio does, when when they set these things up, it's not just you call this one station and you're done. Like they'll set it up, and you'll get like rapid fire phone calls over like a two hour window or whatever, and you give like five minutes to each station or whatever, and right. and that's how you do it. Now, I might have my times off, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. She was literally falling asleep on the phone with them. You could hear her. She was either she was either falling asleep or dipping out. Now, they said she was falling asleep. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt say she was falling asleep. Keep in mind, it was probably like 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, Right. But she knew she was doing this was not like, oh, let's surprise Queen Latifah and get her on the show. Like this was right. a scheduled interview. So right. get up, take a shower, drink some coffee, do whatever you have to do to be like you don't I'm have alert. to be like, you know, I, this is the best place to ever talk about this ever type thing, but at least be. Like to the point where she, you, you couldn't understand. I, I heard the interview live, and and mm -hmm. you couldn't understand words that were coming out of her mouth. Like, and and the host Preston ended like he ended the interview like after like the second question. It was just like maybe you know, she was drunk from the night before. She could have been. She very very possible. And that he, doesn't help, but it no. might be another explanation. No, but he said, "I'm not going to disrespect my audience by forcing them to sit through this because this was right. god awful." And then, and he publicly said, "We will never have." And 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 he's got enough. Him and Steve, because it's called the President Steve Show, have enough clout to say we're never going to have this person on the show again. And guess what? They're never going to like they right. they have that much pull with 
what they've done for MMR. So that's not, and that's not an ego trip on Preston's part. Like this is two times they've had her on and both times right. have been terrible. So, you know, I don't, I, despite, I mean, I've heard a little bit of like Queen Latifah's like not attitude problem, but like not, but ego, I guess is really yeah. kind of it. Yeah. Well, like when your name is fucking queen, but she named yeah. herself that. Well, when that's you a, name yourself queen, that's a, that's a stage name. Like that's you know. Sometimes you just you you the the name fits the ego. The ego fits the name. That being said, I thought she was great in in Chicago. No, she. I, was, I mean, that. she was good. It was. It just seemed a little off. I didn't. You know, listen. I know it's time period accurate, but I didn't like a lot of the hairstyles. I think that threw me. It, 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 okay. You know, um, but again, I I know it's it's accurate to the time period. So for that mm-hmm. alone, I respected. That's what they like. You know what I'm like. I'm not saying it like that. But no, were, yeah, no, I, I I get it. It's just not your jam. It's not my thing. Yeah. So it, that that threw me off on both Renee and less so on Catherine because hers was at least like like Renee's looked like it was plastered to her head. Like literally, like it was a helmet that you could just take off, and but that was the style then. Like if you look at pictures from that time period, that's how women wore their hair a lot. So and and to be fair, she does change her hairdo like twice. I think yeah, yeah. But even early on, it's still that short style. You know, maybe not as plastered at a head, but it's short. Um, uh, to me, to me, Richard Gere's the star of this thing. You know, you know, uh, he's de- he uh, he definitely is amazing in this film, but the I didn't particularly like. God, huh? I was gonna say the character slimy as shit, but I mean, right? But Richard Gere acts the shit out of yep. You know it. My my criticisms, I don't, I didn't. I'm not saying he was a bad singer. I just didn't like his voice. I That's thought fair. it was a little too nasally and reedy, which. Is also kind of what the style was like. Old early radio is like, yeah, well, let's, let's tell you what's going on in the radio day. It's very That's very that. different than singing, though. You know. But that being said, I loved his dancing. I thought he was. I thought he did a great job mm-hmm. dancing, and I I love the whole ventriloquist act. I thought that was really fun. That was well really done. good. That was really good. I I agree. Um, I I like the back and forth between uh, Z- Catherine and 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 Renee. I'm I'm blanking on the character's name, so I apologize. But it's, Velma, uh, Roxy, and Velma. I think. Roxy, yeah, Ro- Roxy and Velma, like that, because it was a there was a massive power struggle between mm-hmm. the two of them throughout the film, and and I think that was the whole point, obviously. So like that's I'm not not breaking any ground, realizing anything <laughs> groundbreaking here, you know? What I mean, like, but but I I I I thought that portrayal was well. Um, I loved when when Lucy Liu got her fifteen seconds of fame. And that was weird. That was, I and, and Steph, who loves Chicago, was like really like, "Oh, you're gonna love this! Like you're gonna see who it is." And I'm like, "Is that fucking Lucy Liu?" She's like, I, yes. And I'm like, "Do you not fucking... you not seen it before this?" I had only seen clips. Okay. Yeah, I I had not seen it at all, so I was just curious. But yeah, I saw her name in the credits, so I knew she was coming, but I didn't know mm. when. Um... But she gets like fifteen seconds because she's about to be like the next big thing, and then and then uh, Roxy fakes pregnancy, and it you know. It... I felt so bad for John C. Riley. Well, you're entire... supposed to. Yeah, but damn, 
he can also fucking he did a great performance. He did. He did. And the one song he got, I thought he did a very good job with. Um, you know, but you're right. You feel bad for the guy because, like, mm-hmm. you know, every time he meets with um, Richard Gere's character, he calls him Andy, and he's like, "No, it's Amos." And then, mm-hmm. and that would be annoying enough. Meaning, like feeling feeling bad for John C. Riley, except mm-hmm. that, like, when he finally is, when he's on the stand, and he gets it right, that look on his face of like, "You really like me," and no, he got it right because he's in court and doesn't want to look like an idiot and nothing. To, you know what I mean? Like he's like, "Do you love me?" <laughs> kind of, yeah, you, yeah. You're right. And your heart, your heart just breaks for the guy. Like it's it's. You know, but at least he had enough balls to stand up to Roxy at the end of it and be like, fuck off, you know, mm-hmm. basically. Um, uh, like when it I, was, I liked how the dude that got shot was also in Rockstar, that fucking guy that we were just yeah. talking about. Yeah, he's Kurt Cuddy in Rockstar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the first guy to get shot, because there's a couple guys that get shot in the film, but yeah, yes. The, I, I like that whole sequence where, like, that you know, the snap and pop and, and Cicero segment where all the women are describing their, See, their that's, murder victims. That's the thing though. Like for, for a person that I know does not like a bunch of quick cut scenes, there's a lot of them in this fucking movie. But if you remember what I said, it goes to the style of the music and I felt like it was, it was organized properly. So if they took the music out of this, movie and it was just telling a story with these quick scenes like it would that. it would it would have driven me crazy okay for sure yeah for sure it would because it would just been like oh jesus christ it's so fucking jarring but with the music it's on point it's on key so just it's, everything has to have rhythm as long as the rhythm is set rhythm and rhyme man I, I, I mean i'm i am what i am on the other hand <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I I like to find enough. To me, it was more of a for something. Okay, see, going going back to like Rock of Ages for a second. This mm-hmm. is not like something I forgot, but just by a comparative, that movie centers around the music. There's a story. There's about Sherry and Drew and all of that and Stacy, but it centers around the music, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. And some of the best musicals do. Like one we didn't cover, but like Phantom of the Opera centers mm-hmm. very heavily around the music, you know. Um, Rent to a lesser extent, but still does. The music's much more centered than the story, I feel like. Or at least it's more in tune with one another. Well, um, the difference is that like Rock of Ages is the song's existence. So it's not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's like, so, it's like the, the guy who did it had a shuffle on his fucking iPod, no, I, said, I, I'm going to pick 10 movies, I'm going to write a musical around these songs. Right, no, I get that. I get my point, though, is that this felt more like a courtroom drama with some music as opposed to a musical. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And, like, we, if we were doing, like, a courtroom theme, we could have almost put this into that one and it would have fit. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we did something wrong or that it's, we shouldn't have covered it, but I'm just saying, like, it didn't feel... While there is singing in songs, it doesn't feel like a musical to me. I know it is, and I get that. I'm not, you know, you know, but it... I, you know what it was? It was watching an episode of Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> Except in Chicago. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, because it, there's a lot of music, and I don't know how much you've watched that show, but only four to five episodes. It's, it's there, one that I want to continue, but I haven't finished. If you if you, you know. get deeper into it, there's a lot of music. There's a lot it's, of it's, scenes in 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 the a club like they were in, you know. Well, yeah, so. because there was no movies or or TV. Yeah. It was just radio and, and and plays and performances. Right, right. So I'm I'm not not finding criticism. I'm saying though that it, mm-hmm. it but I would not call Boardwalk uh, Empire a musical. Like that's not what I would call that show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And 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 this felt very similar to that ex- again except set in Chicago versus New Jersey and even then there's a I think there's like a stretch, there's a small arc of episodes of Boardwalk Empire in Chicago because Al Capone's in Boardwalk Empire. So, right, I, I, I've seen that. I've seen clips of that. I believe. Yeah, it, he starts in New Jersey and then I think he goes over to to uh, Chicago. But mm-hmm. um, that aside, so I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It was fine. It was a good. No- I I, I like the story. I thought the story was intriguing. Roxy annoyed me a little bit. Like. Um, just that she goes from like wanting to, I, I got no problem with her wanting to be a star and to be somebody, but she, it goes to her head real fast, real fast. Unless, I, I do agree with that. Unless there's like huge time jumps that we're not aware of. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that are not clear. Cause it could, if there's a big jump, then that might be a slow build, but it doesn't feel like a slow build as the viewer, you know? I, I agree that there were times where it was not a hundred percent clear because it almost feels like there's a jump of, but that's that's the thing with a lot of these movies where it's like, if we didn't know there's a time jump in Children on the Roof unless because until Topple said or Tevia says it's like you know so and so have been together for quite a while now so that's right they don't give an actual us. time but they I, don't I, give a time apart from the fact that oh they have a kid I took they it as kid. about. Two years from the end of the marriage scene to that moment, honestly. Right. But you're, there's no like thing. In Rent, we at least can kind of time base it based on the fact that it's they say Christmas Eve on the first scene. Mm-hmm. And then they make it to New Year's. And then it circles all the way back to Christmas Eve again because they reference the fact that it's Christmas Eve again, you know. At the towards right, the end, right, so like right, there, right. there, there's at least a timeline there that you can kind of follow. Rock of Ages, a little hard to follow. I'm saying it's about a year overall, but I don't know that to be a fact. You know? Yeah, I would. Uh, uh, maybe six months to a year. I mean, that's that's stretching it. No, yeah. years, years the high end. I'm going high right, end on right, these. Right, it's right, no, right. it's no more than a year with Rock of Ages. Um, Chicago. Could be as as long as three years, mm-hmm. theoretically. You if know, she's stuck in prison. Absolutely, we just don't know. If, if, know. Well, if you start from the beginning, where Catherine Zeta Jones is on stage, blah blah blah. Yeah, I think the whole timeline of the whole movie is probably close to three years. I think that's a fair assessment. But there's nothing that really indicates that. We have to really kind of come to that on our own now. And if that's yeah. the case, that ego build. Presumably takes place over a six to eight month, one eight month window, but we mm-hmm. don't get that as the viewer. It happens literally in the snap of a finger. Like it's it. She goes from I don't want to die in here to I'm the big shit and fuck you, you know Velma or whatever the hell her name is. Right. I so uh, that was I, that I was agree. a little there, jarring there, for me. You know what I mean? I agree. There there is a kind of a confusing 
time jump in that aspect. But overall, I did enjoy. Oh yeah, that didn't take away my enjoyment. But it, but if if we're gonna do what we do and find the the issues and discuss them, that that was a big one for me. Was the the timeline was a little shaky, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I'm pretty much ready to, to finish and. Well, let, I, and I lo- I just wanted to say I did like the performance at the end when they did t- decide to work together. I thought yeah, that, that was, was that was great. That was really good, and 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 seeing Richard Gere in the audience, kind of like just in you know smiling that he got both these people off, basically, you know, mm-hmm. um, was was really kind of interesting. That, that that part that was a good way to end the film. Like I thought it ended well. Like that was a nice way to end the thing. You know. Yeah, I mean even the message is like, what's the business? you know, where you can hate someone and still work and make it, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, this is going to be an ironic ending. Well, wait, 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 wait. One more thing before we go. What's in the box office. That's it. And then we're done. All right. Okay. Uh, we're just going to do it in the order. I have it here. Rock of ages. Uh, I, I think I know that bomb. So I'm uh, going to say the budget was probably 25 mil. No higher. Oh, okay. If it's one of those, it's going to be at least 85 mil. No, too high. Lower. One more and I'll tell you. All right. 75. Yes. 75. Exactly. Yep. Box office. 75 grand. No, not that low. No. Uh, It probably made five mil. No, no, no. Higher. It it did to your definition. And uh, we can argue that later, but. When you yes, it bombed, but it's not that bad. Not bad. Okay, so uh, sixty mil. I'll give it to you. Fifty-nine point four. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, rent. Uh, the budget I'm going to say is twenty million. Higher. Forty million. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Box office. 82 million. No. Oh, okay. So it didn't perform well. Okay. It, bo- it bombed. Oh, did it bomb? It bombed. 34 million. No, lower. 25 million. No, I should have gave I should have just gave it to you. It was 317. Okay. Okay. So, so it bombed but not drastically. It's like 8 it's like not 8.3 million. It's still not great, but it's not like right. it's not like it made 5. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Sweeney. I'm going to say the budget was probably based on salaries, sets. I think I'm going to go at least 90 mil. No, lower. Okay, uh, 50 mil. Yes, exactly. Okay. You're getting these on the second shot. You're doing well on that. Second (laughs) or third shot, I'm usually getting them. Um, Uh, I think this movie made money. I will give you that. It did not bomb. It def- yeah, uh, with Tim Burton fans, Giant Depp fans, I think this Helena. Be good money. I think Helena's a draw at this point. Helena Bottom Carter, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for 2007. I'm going to go 180 mil. No, lower. Okay, 100, I'm, uh, 123. No, higher. Okay, 147. No, higher. It's 153.4. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. If you had said one, you know I've been giving him tape. You're close, but you were right. a little too far 147 out. One fifty-seven and one fifty-three is a little closer, but that's but, whatever. Yeah, 
I my threshold is five. You have to okay. yeah. Uh okay, Chicago. Uh I'm pretty positive that movie made some fucking like one awards. So I think it did probably well financially. So I'm gonna guess the box the uh budget. It did win a bunch of stuff. I'm looking yeah, I won I a bunch it, of shit. I, think I won like best picture. Uh yes, it did actually. Okay, so budget, I'm gonna say for stage salaries. I'm gonna go with like a cool fifty. Lower. Forty. I'm gonna give it to you because you're dancing. It's forty five. Like I was okay. trying to see if you could come down. No, I'm gonna give it. To, I'm saying you got it. I'm right. Just, no, no, I got it because uh, I went the five cusp. Yeah, um, but I wanted to see if you could, because you've been getting it dead on on the second guess. So I wanted to give you the chance. Okay, box office. Two hundred eighty seven mil. Higher. Four hundred ninety two. Lower. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I don't Three, think you just try. You just pull the number out of your ass. 337. 3069. Okay, well, fuck it. All right, now this last one. I don't know if this is... Um, I don't know if this is 71 money or adjusted for inflation. So, Okay. But go for it. For Fiddler, the 70s. Not a lot for the budget, I'm guessing, even though... Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to say $3.5 million. Higher. Okay, it was probably 7 to $8 million. Higher. Really? Yeah. $20 million? No, no, no. Nine. I can't give you the five cusp when we're dealing with single digit, digits here, but it was nine. Fair enough. Yeah. I should have um, said $10 million for fuck's sake. I, um, yeah. But now, box office... Again, I don't know if this is 71 numbers or adjusted. I'm thinking it's 71 numbers, but, you know. I don't think it made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think it probably made something close to, like, 35 mil. And higher. Really? Uh-huh. 75 mil. Higher. 200 mil? No, 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 no. Way, right. way, way okay, over. So, like, uh, 112 or something. 83.3. Okay. All right. That's still way higher than I expected it to be. That movie, uh, it I think was higher it, than everybody I expected must have to see. seen this fucking movie. Yeah, well, I mean, to your point, it was. I mean, there was TV in '71, but there might have been enough draw from the musical. The musical has been around for fucking decades. I mean, even right. before that, right. so it, there might have been enough draw to. And with Topol, with Topol or Topol playing Tevye, you know, mm-hmm. there was probably a lot of people that didn't get to see it. Live that sure. wanted to see his performance, so they they I, ran to the theater to see it. I, I could totally see that it being a thing, you know. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, I'm going to end this episode with this word. Speak. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it, our very own post credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like this show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight-ish and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight-ish Eastern Standard Time. 
at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and potescu. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. $31,203. Crisis averted. Thank you, Stacy Jacks. And Stacy Jacks thanks you. Well, hello, Paul. Well, hello, Dennis. Lonnie. Now, hold on just a second. We got 90% of the house, 20% of the bar, 100% of the merch. That means that Stacy's take works out to about... Uh... Wait, wait, wait. Stacy's take? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Add zero. Add three. Mm. Thirty-one thousand two hundred and nine. Correct? Yeah. Crap. Crap. We got a problem here. What problem? Well, you owe me six bucks. <laughs> Damn it! Excuse me.